640 live everywhere on the iHeartRadio app. Well, we hoped to be out in Downey at BJ's today for our news and brews. But unfortunately, with this many people out of their homes, homes damaged, maybe even destroyed, BJ's uh, was kind enough and understanding enough along with uh, us to have to reschedule our news and brews. Just too much fire coverage that we're going to need to get to to help people navigate through this day. So, Thank you to BJ's. We will be rescheduling. We will see you out there at a later date. Just have to go later on and have dinner there anyway. I mean, got to find one not at home. How did you do uh, that? Listen, I knew you would if make anybody it tells in. you they can't get in from the Santa Clarita Valley, they're a bunch of lying liar pants with zero spine and no patience. I made it. <laughs> Tough guy. I made it. I knew you would make it. it. I knew you would find a way because you don't like to be told what you can't do. <laughs> it took a little... It took a little conniving, uh, a wagon train. There was a horse involved. I want to say how. Uh, no, uh, Angeles Forest to Angeles Crest. It is not, it is not fast. And everyone now that I've said that will be on that road. How long did it take you? Uh, two and a half hours. And you pulled the cool guy move. In our group text, where everyone's like, oh, where is everyone? How's progress? How's no, no. progress? I, you no. did nothing. And okay. then for like three hours and ten minutes out. Blake, there was zero service up there. Mm-hmm. So when I finally got down the hill to La Cunada, yeah, no, sure. my phone went, bah! and I had about 64 Be- yeah. text yeah, messages. Speaking of that, I went to bed last night early, like by 10. So I, didn't, I woke up and I look at my phone. I have 28 text messages. I'm like, what the hell happened? And then I see that you guys, you and Nick are both trapped up there. Well, Nick was. I tr- and I tried. I, we were trying to coordinate how, finding the weak spot, and uh, he didn't. So he's Stop our, making Nick feel bad. No, no. What we did was we reassigned him today. Yes. We reassigned Nick. He will be our official Santa Clarita Valley correspondent. Well, we have mandatory evacuations, roughly 23,000 homes. It looks like there are several spot fires thanks to the winds and the embers. Let's get right to Andrew Mullenbeck, who is up there in Porter Ranch for the latest. Andrew, it sounded like this fire was moving at a rate of speed, about 800 acres per hour, when we heard from the press conference from the fire department, but it seems to have slowed down a little bit from what you can see. Is that the case? Yeah, and I've driven all around Porter Ranch over the last couple of hours, and I really haven't seen any forward advance of the fire. Of course, it always comes with a caveat because this wind is starting to pick up now, and apparently it's supposed to stay pretty strong until about 3 this afternoon. And so any ember or any flare-up could suddenly uh, go flying even miles away and start something else. But it's completely different visually from when I got here really early this morning. That's when we saw these swirly winds and embers flying all over the place, landing on roofs and and trees and starting hillsides on fire. Uh, The fire department says about two dozen structures, usually they mean homes by that, uh, have been destroyed. But over the last few hours, I haven't seen that number go up. Now, they may have some additional counting to do, but Early this morning, it was pretty clear to see that home's on fire or that home's on fire. 
At the moment, we're seeing none of that. What we're seeing instead is kind of the burned out canyon areas where there are not homes at the, the base of these and just some flare ups. But additionally, with that, we have more air support uh, from the aircraft to helicopters. Uh, I've seen some fire engines even from Orange County. There may be some others. I've just seen Orange County. So there is a lot more support here now to get a handle of it. And essentially, the thinking is you've got about five hours to endure. If you can get through that, the winds are going to be dying down. Uh, speaking of the winds, you, I, we can hear them in the microphone there. But um, in terms of how they feel, are they uh, lightening up at all? Or are they gusting at all? What's what? How has that changed? Yeah, there was a break, I would say, from maybe 7.30 until 9, 9.15, when I was even on hilltops and I was looking around at treetops and flags, and it didn't seem like there was a great deal of wind. About 9.30, it started picking up again, and so now we are getting some pretty significant gusts. My guess would be somewhere in the range of 25, maybe close to 30, somewhere in there, uh, Seems to be a little bit more out of the north as well, because remember, early on overnight uh, when this started, it started in Silmar and it came to the southwest, a traditional kind of Santa Ana direction. A little bit more out of the north now with some winds picking up from what they were this morning. But the difference now is there is so much more support here, both from the air and on the ground. And it does seem that the, the flare-ups or the active fire that we did see earlier today has really died down. One of the, all, the things that I'd also like to mention with regard to all of the homes, more than 12,000 just in Porter Ranch alone under these evacuation orders, so many times we cover these and there's a mandatory evacuation order. We go up and check and it looks like nobody left. It does seem that from all the places that I've been this morning in and around Porter Ranch that a lot of people really did get out. And I saw, let's see, closer to Granada Hills earlier today, people just parked in their cars, uh, waiting it out. But they did want to get out of their neighborhood because it was intense overnight. I've got uh, one couple here you'll hear from. The fire seemed to have gone um, in a heartbeat uh, from Silmar into Granada Hills and, uh, and into Porter Ranch. Uh, so the wind is very strong, and uh, there's no telling which way it's going to go. And again, having happened starting at 9 o'clock last night, and it was later than that, obviously, by the time it pushed into Porter Ranch, most people were probably asleep. And then suddenly you wake up, whether a, a text message or a knock at the door, and you find out, oh, my gosh, there's this fire that is tearing down hillsides and, and burning homes. People who turned in, tuned in their TVs overnight actually saw homes on fire, and people got out fast. It was so bad, and it was moving so quickly, and it was so dynamic, to use the fire chief's words there, that it jumped into neighborhoods before firefighters and police could warn people. But it does look like people did a good job of getting the hell out of there, because these neighborhoods, some of them are really cut off from uh, from the rest of the, those main thoroughfares there. And it was so bad last night that they used a fixed-wing aircraft to make retardant drops despite the wind, despite the darkness. And apparently there was a loophole. Uh, state fire regulations prohibit flying fixed-wing aircraft after dark, but this was a plane that was with the U.S. Forest Service, and they are allowed to fly after dark. So they went ahead with that plan. Good to be with the feds, I guess. Yeah, and, no and talking about <laughs> uh, talking about how quickly it moved and where it jumped right away overnight, even when the fire wasn't very big, having started in Silmar, it immediately jumped the five freeway. And so often you hear fire officials talk about natural breaks, and that often involves some sort of freeway. Uh, but the five freeway wasn't any contest at all. It just 
hopped over the five freeway and, and made its way to Porter Ranch. So that really went quickly. And I think people kind of got the, the memo. If they looked at their phones or if they turned on the TV, they got to see how fast this fire was moving and in the direction of their neighborhoods. And Porter Ranch, for people who don't know, it is just a series of canyons, uh, hilltops and valleys that has a lot of brush. And in between those or on these hilltops are neighborhoods, uh, many gated communities. As Shannon was saying, they're kind of cut off. But it is an area with a lot of brush and a lot of canyons that fires really seem to enjoy. And that made it difficult but I think it probably helped the firefighters a lot that uh, there weren't the usual people clogging up the neighborhood streets deciding to leave way after they were asked to. Because I really didn't see that when I uh, got up here early this morning. It, it seemed like most people who were going to leave had already done so. Andrew, thank you. Appreciate it. We will check in with you uh, several times. So uh, keep your, I don't know, your pager on. I don't know what people use these days. Cell phones. Friendly. Cell, Cell phones, phones now, are what we have saying? in 2019. Again, I was in a very dark spot earlier today, so I don't remember. I'm glad you bring that up, though. I remember covering the Sayer fire back in November of 2008 mm-hmm. that started pretty much in the same area where this one started, and it was just devastating. 480 mobile homes lost in that fire. And then this one, as you were saying, Andrew jumped the five and moved into an area where the Cessnan fire burned. That same year, 2008, 15 homes were lost. I think that's the last time these two places have seen major fire. A couple things. If you have internet access where you are, we have all of the information about freeway closures, school closures, uh, evacuation centers, places you can take animals big and small up on the website at kfiam640.com. If you have pictures of where you are, any of the flames or anything that you've taken, please tweet them to us at Gary and Shannon. Uh, We'd love to be able to uh, to see it through your eyes as well. When we come back, uh, the roads are going to be a mess for several hours, if not a couple of days. Yep. So uh, Nick Palachini is going to join us in just a few minutes. We'll talk more about uh, roads and how to get around, uh, even if it looks like you can't. Gary and Shannon. Okay, you have to tell that story right now on the air. Uh, We are, of course, uh, covering the story of the Saddle Ridge Fire burning up in the uh, North San Fernando Valley. Started in Silmar just about uh, 13 and a half hours ago. About 4,700 acres have burned so far. 25 homes damaged or destroyed. Zero percent containment. Plenty of wind still out there, even though... You know, I was uh, saying to you off the air when I drove in this morning, my house, very little wind, uh, even though I took two and a half hours to get in today. There was not a breath of wind anywhere that I drove today. Not a breath. They said right now is probably the most dangerous time with winds and early afternoon. And then they should be dissipating as we move into the weekend. They have been able to start creating a fire line there. They've got bulldozers dispatched to all flanks of the fire. And so those bulldozers go and they just make a line, like it sounds, a line around the fire, clearing out the brush, the fuel. Uh, Firefighters, they map these hillsides so they know which ones are more vulnerable, where the fire line will hold up, where it will not. Uh, To give you an idea of the road closures, uh, basically everything that goes through the New Hall Pass and the 118 are going to be closed in some space up in that area. Uh, The 5, the 14, all of those surface streets, the Foothill Boulevard, all those are going to be closed. Um, 
Last night, my son called me. He lives up in that area near where the fire started. He does have an alibi, thank you, um, and said that he was going to try to come up I-5 to our house, but all of the roads were jammed. He was going to spend the night in a McDonald's parking lot at one point and then decided to go out west and basically circle all the way around through Fillmore and make his way in. Tell him about the phone call. So the phone call at about 10 o'clock was, are you watching the news? And I wasn't. I was sitting, laying in bed, reading a book. And he says, good, Um, because my house is on fire, which it wasn't. But he was, you know, being and and if I was 19 years old, I would have stayed. Yeah, I told him, don't do that. So he and his roommate got uh, all their stuff together and eventually made their way at least away from the fire. There were a couple of times they were caught on Balboa uh, amongst dozens and dozens of fire trucks and uh, and police cars. Well, let's get an update on how bad the traffic situation is. I can absolutely give you that without uh, a question. That's the voice of Nick <laughs> Pagliacchini. What's, What's going up, on, guys? Man? I got to say, Gary, you are a beast. Two and a half hours, Angeles Forest and Angeles Crest. I have props, dude. Well, thank 100%, you. Yeah, uh, because that really is one of two ways to get into town, and that's it. Because everything else is shut down across the board. I mean, you've still got a full closure of the five as you're making it through the Silmar area from Roxford to Calgrove. Uh, the 210 is a mess as you're making your way between the 118 and the five. And then uh, the 118 itself from Crooner to Tampa. And then again, Glen Oaks to the 210. That's also off limits on the westbound side from Balboa to Tampa or Topanga Canyon, rather. That's all off limits. So it's a mess. So really, you're looking at the Angeles Crest and Angeles Forest uh, combo to get to the two. As a way uh, to the east of everything to get into town, and otherwise everybody's hopping on the 126 westbound to get out of Piru through Buckhorn and into Fillmore over to the 23, and then coming down the 23 into Moore Park to get to at least the uh, 118. Most people are continuing down all the way into Thousand Oaks to the 101. We are at peak full bladder. No right doubt. Now. Without oh, a man. question. I, hey, <laughs> for sure. What's the first thing I said when I ran in? You were holding your crotch. <laughs> I had to go he was literally that, holding listen, his crotch. That's after I did stop. There was one canyon, and I apologize to the people who live on Aliso Canyon Road way out there in uh, the Acton area. I'm I sure they'll on, forgive you. I peed on your fence post. <laughs> uh, but it, that, I mean, that's not a, all it takes is one uh, dip S to, to either try to make a three-point turn to go the other way and right. go off or a mo- like in my case there was a motorcycle that went off the edge of angeles forest highway this morning which caused a massive backup along with the fact that that's being an it's an overused road right correct now. yeah oh man well nick thanks for absolutely. helping us get through the day absolutely i'll always be here for you guys thanks uh <laughs> yeah we have, we'll keep an eye on uh, the chp uh, uh, twitter account as well they have not said anything like, uh, oh, we expect to open at 5 oh, p.m. No. There's They're not, not even talking about that. that. Well, because the fire is burning right up to the freeways, uh, the 118 in particular. So there, there's no way they're going to let you, and you don't, you don't want to be on those on those freeways. I remember covering fires where there it was the 91 through your Belinda, and there was fire on both sides of the freeway. And I remember thinking, what, what the are, hell am yeah, I what doing? What are you doing? That, that's a like, thought. I don't need to be a cowboy. I've had that thought. Yeah, I mean, I got to a certain age covering fires, and I was like, you know what? Not worth it to be the only reporter in the neighborhood that's burning just for the sake of of being there, you know? And and you saw that last night on the TV news. Uh, I was just going to say, I I give a full throated, full uh, hearted shout out to Veronica Miracle from Channel Seven last night, who was uh, at one point, I wouldn't say caught in a cul de sac, but was in a cul de sac. Basically, just she and her cameraman watching a couple of homes explode in flames. 
uh, before they were able to get out of there. There were a couple of instances there where she found herself in these incredibly dangerous, dangerous spots to get the shot. All right. We will stay on top of this. Coming up next, we will get a look at the Calamesa fire uh, out there in Riverside County. Chris Carlo is covering that. All right. Live coverage all day of these fires going on. Shannon, KFI AM 640, live everywhere on the iHeartRadio app. Big thanks to BJ's who agreed to postpone our news and brews. Sorry. In these times where we've got thousands of people outside of their homes, at least 25 homes uh, damaged, one fatality linked with a cardiac arrest of a man who stayed back and tried to fight the fire uh, from his home. Yeah, we've been um, keeping an eye on what appear to be a, just basically a handful of fires over the last 24 hours. The big one, of course, uh, that we've been talking about is the Saddle Ridge Fire burning up in the North San Fernando Valley. Started in Silmar, made its way west towards uh, Porter Ranch and areas like that. And it's still pretty active in terms of the wind that we will see, we think, increase until about 3 o'clock today. Uh, red flag warnings have been extended, so these conditions could continue to some degree over the next, uh, say, 24 hours or so. That's at 4,700 acres and 0% containment. Looks like there was a small fire that started in the riverbed in Oxnard. The Olivas fire is what they're calling it. They say about 50 acres. There is some containment there at this time. Uh, looks like they're going to knock that thing down pretty quickly. Uh, the other fire in Calamesa in Riverside County, and that is where we find Chris Ancarlo for the latest on that one. Chris, what what do you know? Well, right now they're I, they're not going to say it, but I'll say it for them. They're basically mopping this thing up. So I uh, haven't seen a lot of aircraft over this fire. Sitting at about eight hundred, and uh, they're saying eight hundred twenty-three acres to be specific. So that also is a usually a tip off whenever they get that specific on acreage. Ten uh, percent containment. I expect that number to jump as well. Of course, the headline with this story is that it has been fatal. Uh, that uh, we are hearing from a family of a eighty-nine-year-old woman who um, they say that she died in the uh, in the fire. That's coming from an ABC reporter. I've not been able to independently confirm that. Uh, The fatality has been confirmed, but not necessarily the details of the fatality. So they um, part of the reason for this is just the speed of this fire. So I talked to one guy who actually saw the truck. There was a garbage truck that was on fire. It dumped what was on fire onto the side of the road, and that caught the, the brush, and it made a run about uh, three football fields from where that happened to the uh, to the mobile home park within just a matter of moments. So you know, listen to the way that this guy tells the story. And sorry, the volume's going to be a little all over the place. I just want to warn you guys of that. Before he opened the back of it, and uh, I'd went around and tell her that there was a trash truck over there on fire, or garbage truck. And uh, then she said, well, she said, that's not good the way to win, Lauren. So by the time we got it in there, well, hell, it was already down the canyon. And on its way to and, the house, uh, just minutes 
Just minutes, and he, he very quickly they realized their neighbors across the street had two young boys. The father was at work. They only had one car. He had the car. So you have a mom and two kids that don't have any way to get out, so they run across the street. I went to her beat on the damn door. She said, well, I can't evacuate on the way. I told her, get your ass in this pickup. Get in our truck, and we're gone. We'll take the babies and you. She told me she don't have a car seat. You don't need a damn car seat. Get them there safe, you know. We just took them to the grandma's. But, yeah, I just worry about those little boys. Guy was probably in his 80s. I don't know exactly his age, but uh, really a remarkable story there. Yeah. Uh, you just want to give them a hug. That's awesome. <laughs> uh, there, uh, what I saw just a few moments ago was that there's a news conference scheduled for uh, 11 o'clock on this fire, yeah. on the Sandalwood fire. Um, but like you said, it appears that this is one of those that's uh, dying down for the most part so that I assume we're going to start seeing crews from there head west and uh, get on to this uh, Saddle Ridge fire. Already happening. As oh, a matter good. of fact, uh, yeah, a lot of these guys are already pulling double shifts. And it, when you're on a fire, a double shift just means that you don't sleep for another day. Uh, it's, it's not like, oh, hey, you can work 16 hours. No, you're already working 24 hours. So they come in, clean up. Basically, uh, instead of just taking a, a little nap, it's like, all right, we're right back out on it. And the reason for that is because they had to send uh, send resources down to L.A. County. But also, yo, I'm driving out here. I'm driving down on the 10 at about four miles an hour coming from the South Bay yesterday on my way out to this fire. And as I am, you know, the sun's setting, gorgeous sunset anytime there's a fire. We know that in Southern California. The sun's setting back behind me down the 60 or down the 10. And in front of me, you just have wisps of smoke all around the Inland Empire. And you can see, you know, smoke coming from the 15 and the 210 over in Fontana. You've got smoke coming down from Reno Valley. You've got smoke straight ahead down the road off the side of the 10 coming from Cali Mesa. And that's when it hits you just how widespread this is. I mean, these guys are chasing fire around all day yesterday and the wind's just pushing as soon as you get to ontario you know that wind just starts pushing you hard and it's pushing the trucks hard and it's pushing the trees hard and it's pushing these firefighters that are out there just trying to contain this stuff it's a miracle we didn't see acreage getting up into the thousands yesterday considering what these guys had to deal with. Yeah, familiar sight, unfortunately, in Southern California each October now. Uh, and Chris, by the way, Cal Fire spokeswoman Kathy Mattingly has been able to confirm that fatality, that a person was killed in that fire when it swept through the mobile home park there in Calamesa. 74 structures destroyed and now another loss of life. It's uh, stunning. I mean, 74, I, I, I talked to Kathy last night and I said, do you remember the last time there were 74 homes destroyed, buildings destroyed? And she said, I, I can't remember anything like that here in Riverside. So, wow. All right. Well, uh, keep an eye on that. Head to that news conference. We'll be talking with you hopefully next hour sometime and get an update on what's going on. All right, sounds good, guys. All right. Again, it is an all-out air attack up here in the Porter Ranch area. They've got the 737s. They've got the super scoopers. Of course, the the passenger planes, the converted passenger pa- planes, are dropping the FOS check. And they are laying down that FOS check with precision along the fire line that they're trying to bulldoze there. And then you've got those uh, Canadian super scoopers dropping water, Quebec 1 and Quebec 2. Takes them 12 to 15 seconds to refuel with water, obviously. Um, They just got here on Monday, by the way. We've been leasing these planes for 26 years. Uh, Vast swaths of school districts have closed. We have an entire list up on the website if you have internet access, kfiam640.com. Chances are, if you can smell the smoke 
your district has uh, decided to close for the day. So that's uh, one of the things. College of the Canyons, we know Park College, for example, have closed. Uh, most of the schools in the Santa Clarita Valley have closed, even though the, the fire is not specifically threatening that area. There's the potential for some smoke up there. Uh, one of the things that I found interesting yesterday was in watching some of this coverage, I should say early this morning, uh, the fire trucks that were rolling through some of these neighborhoods in the Porter Ranch areas, they're making their way up there. Uh, they didn't have their sirens raring, uh, blaring, I should say. And there were reporters who were literally going door to door in some of these neighborhoods, knocking on doors, and they were waking people up at one in the morning who were unaware of what was going on. It moved too quickly. It just we went saw so the fast. same thing with Santa Rosa. Yeah, it it just it took off. Um, the rec centers are where people are are going. Unfortunately, they're at capacity. Silmar Rec Center now at capacity. Granada Hills Rec Center at capacity. Mason. Rec Center at capacity, and then it looks like Northridge Rec Center still has uh, some space for people. We'll check in with Monica Ricks, who's been talking to some evacuees when we come back. Gary and Shannon will continue our extended fire coverage today on this very, very warm and windy Friday, October 11th. Gary and Shannon, KFI AM 640 live everywhere on the iHeartRadio app. We are all over the fires burning in Southern California right now. From Porter Ranch to Calamesa to what appears to be a fire that's been knocked down in Oxnard in a riverbed. It looks like that one was about 155 acres, 50% containment. Not much going on there. There were some voluntary evacuation orders. Those have been lifted. Uh, Calamesa looks like it's being wrapped up, as you heard from Chris Ancarlo. In fact, he's been diverted up to uh, the Porter Ranch area to help cover the beast that is this fire, about 4,700 acres. We've seen all kinds of evacuations throughout the Porter Ranch area. The winds continue to blow and will continue to blow throughout the morning and afternoon today before things start to die down at all. The freeways have been closed down throughout that area, the 5, the 210 in some areas, the 118, of course, the 14. Now, I did see on television, this is not confirmed, but I did see on television that the old road that sort of parallels I-5 through the Newhall Pass, that the old road is open. Let me warn you now, that is a two-lane road. And if you think that that's going to be any faster than sitting and waiting for the freeway to open, that is a bad decision. What the hell was that big rig driver doing oh, on that Tahunga? That's the other issue. Brian Suits had texted me and said that uh, different uh, GPS uh, programs, whether it's Waze or something like that, will send you down into areas like Little Tahunga as a bypass around the closure of I-5 through the Newhall Pass. That is a massive, massive mistake because, f- first of all, if you're a big rig driver, if you are in the tractor right now looking at your ways or whatever GPS program is telling you to take Little Tahunga, that is wrong. It's lying to you. It's the devil in your ear. Yeah, because not those, take that. you can't make those turns. No. And all that's going to do is then clog up the the that two-lane road for other people, but more specifically, most specifically – that then becomes an incredibly dangerous position to be in, a two-lane road 
jammed by big rigs that you cannot get out of if in, if in fact the fire does spread or a new fire starts in that area. Well, it looks like recreation centers have been opening up for people to evacuate too. We've got Silmar Rec Center, Granada Hills Rec Center, Mason Rec Center, all at capacity. Looks like there's still room at the Northridge Rec Center. Monica Ricks has been talking with evacuees and joins us now. Monica, what's what do you know? It's actually all full. Uh, Northridge now? Northridge Rec Center uh, just filled up. Yeah. There's a lot of people coming from different directions that are, you know, that are being evacuated from their homes. So uh, they're coming here. A lot of people are just picking up supplies, but there's a lot of people in the parking lot and even inside the cots are set up. So a lot of people are claiming those. And uh, I know the L.A. Department of Parks and Recreations just brought a huge truckload of food, bananas, bagels, all kinds of food, pallets and pallets pallets of water. They've got first aid kits. They've got more blankets. They've got all kinds of stuff that they're just uh, bringing into these rec centers now that there are more people here. Uh, but the Northridge, Northridge uh, Rec Center is just about full. We, I did learn that there are two new rec centers that are opening uh, up for shelter if, if anybody needs them. One of them is the Lanark Rec Center on Topanga and Roscoe and Canoga Park. And the Balboa Sports Center is opening up soon. That's on Balboa and Burbank in Encino. So if you need a place to stay and some of these rec centers that you've been hearing about throughout the day are already full, there are other options that are opening up very soon. Uh, animals allowed at these shelters? Yeah, I've seen a I've seen a bunch of dogs here. Um, not large animals. There are places like Pierce College where people uh, usually take horses and and other large animals. But I've seen a couple dogs here. Uh, people bringing in their small pets and and they're allowed. And how are people doing? Uh, I know that these fires moved very quickly. Some people were not even alerted by the fire department or the the police agencies. But it was, as Gary said earlier, it was reporters going door to door in the middle of the night uh, informing people that the fire was upon them. I talked to some people that say police were knocking on their door. There are other people that say they got alerts on their phone, which I'd never heard of. Um, But other people say they got phone calls from their kids or their neighbors, uh, you know, ran next door real quick, uh, knocked on their door, told them to get out, grabbed what they could, and then they left. A lot of people here are worried, obviously, that they're not going to have a home to go back to. But there is an eerie sense of calm among a lot of people as well. And I'm not sure if it's because, you know, we do this every single year and this is happening more often and these people are leaving the forced to leave their homes more often uh, but a lot of people say that they had a plan that this happens around this time of year and they're at this point they're prepared they have a go bag they have certain documents you know stored in in a certain place so that when that call comes or when that knock on the door comes they can grab everything that they need and they're ready to go monica thank you we appreciate it Thanks, guys. You bet. Monica Monica Ricks there with an update on what's going on in terms of evacuation centers. Red Cross, in a tweet earlier today, said that there were more than 275 fires that started yesterday. Can 275. I, can I share some news that I was just sent? Uh, we were just sent on via Facebook. Mm-hmm. It's out of the San Francisco Chronicle. Executives from PG&E were mingling with 50 of their top customers at a winery in Sonoma County Monday and Tuesday before PG&E announced that unprecedented power shutoff due to the wind events. Wow. Zero perspective. They don't care. They're above the law. 
That's unbelievable. Wine tasting. <laughs> because they can. Not caring about, not, not huddled up in, in a boardroom wondering how they can get their equipment into working order. Not wondering where the money is going to come from to put the, the lines underground in these fire-prone areas. They're wine tasting. Yeah, wine tasting. I mean, there are a couple hundred people who have been working the PG&E Emergency Operations Center in San Francisco. Uh, but don't you think that's where those executives should be planted right now, watching also, all of this go down? Also, let's keep in mind that two years ago is when fire swept through Sonoma and wiped out a bunch of people's homes because of their faulty power lines. Yeah, uh, we've been watching the image on TV. Helicopters have been following the giant DC-10, this uh, giant tanker uh, that has been just dropped a, uh, a load of Fosjet. it looks like, in Porter Ranch in an area around there and uh, trying to stop the east, sorry, stop the westward progress of the Saddle Ridge fire that's burning up in the Porter Ranch area. Uh, we, again, are expecting to get a news conference out of Cala Mesa. We do expect to see some information about how that fire itself has sort of, it's called the Sandalwood Fire out there, that that has sort of settled down. The conditions have, have improved out there to the point where some of the crews that were on that fire in Cali Mesa are expected to and have already begun making their way west to help this fire in the northern, northern San Fernando Valley. All right, we'll get an update on that when we come back. Gary and Shannon. All right, we're going to go live now to Cala Mesa, where Battalion Chief Jeff Rary is giving us an update on the fire there. Um, maintaining with Cala Mesa Fire Department uh, crew support with our uh, cooperating agencies. Uh, we also are uh, committed to uh, structure defense and mop-up um, operations. Um, we also have our EOC activated, um, and that uh, EOC is located at the Senior Center. Um, the address is 908 Park Avenue. We also have a uh, shelter for displaced residents, and that is located at uh, Mesa Grande Academy, and the address to that is 975 Fremont Street. The EOC is also taking donations. Um, they are requesting donations, uh, monetary donations, but we also are accepting any uh, any goods and services that, that uh, are being provided. And as of right now, that's all I have for the Cala Mesa Fire Department in the city of Cala Mesa. I'll go ahead and turn it over to uh, Division Chief Todd Hopkins, uh, Riverside County. Uh, good morning, Todd Hopkins. Uh, I'm one of the Unified Incident Commanders uh, for CAL FIRE, Riverside County Fire Department. Uh, currently, we are in Unified Command with uh, CAL FIRE, Riverside uh, County, with uh, CAL FIRE, uh, the San Bernardino Unit, uh, with the City of Cala Mesa, the City of Yucaipa, and the Riverside County Sheriff's Department. Our current acreage is 832 acres with a 10% containment. And we have approximately 250 firefighters uh, that are out battling the fire. Uh, yesterday the fire started with uh, the Santa Ana wind conditions that we're still experiencing today. It was a very uh, rapid moving fire um, that started from 
uh, a, a trash truck uh, that had uh, caught fire and uh, the trash was uh, jettisoned out of the back of the vehicle and uh, caught the vegetation on fire. Uh, as of right now, we are, are trying to uh, contain the fire within our, our control lines that we've established as of yesterday. Um, we're being challenged with the weather and the wind. Uh, we're still um, concerned with uh, spotting potential uh, that we have. We're also competing with uh, resources right now due to all the other fire activity that's going on uh, in Southern California. Uh, as of now, uh, we can confirm that we have 76 uh, structures that were destroyed. Uh, we have nine structures that have sustained moderate damage and five that have sustained uh, minimal damage. Uh, we do have resources that are, are continuing the, the perimeter control efforts and also uh, structure mitigation uh, issues uh, that we're still experiencing. Thank you. Chad Bianco, Riverside County Sheriff. Yesterday we responded to a report, obviously, of a wildland fire. Uh, we have deputies from the Hemet Station and the Cabotson Station that are out here that yesterday afternoon went through evacuations. Uh, we evacuated approximately 500 plus homes. Uh, those evacuations are still in place. Currently we have a road closure, uh, 7th Street between Sandalwood Boulevard and County Line Road. We have investigators from the Moreno Valley Station, our Central Homicide Unit, and also our Special Investigations Bureau that are out here within uh, the fire area and within the closed area. Uh, we have plenty of security for, for homes that have been evacuated, and we are obviously still conducting this investigation. The road closure is still in place and will be in place for quite some time. We are working now with uh, arson investigators from the fire department and uh, our central homicide unit to determine whether or not uh, there will be any criminal culpability uh, in this fire. We've identified, identified the cause, obviously, uh, but we're still investigating uh, whether or not there will be any type of, of criminal charges pending. So uh, we do have a request. We have, so far, we have, um, unfortunately, we have one confirmed deceased, and we have two persons that are um, I don't want to say missing, they, they just are, are not located. So uh, we're, in, we're still in the process of identifying everybody that is, uh, should have been or lived inside the mobile home park. And we, I want to give you a, an address and a telephone number. If you have uh, to report anyone that's missing or unaccounted for, uh, please contact our Sheriff's Dispatch non-emergency line at 951-776-1099 option number five and uh, it's been mentioned before the Karen Reception Center at uh, Mesa Grande Academy 975 Fremont Street in Cala Mesa if you uh, if you can if you have to report anyone unaccounted for or missing please go there and find someone from the Sheriff's Department to report that uh, that missing person and, and we will take care of that uh, this is not going to be a short 
time frame. The road closure is going to be for quite some time, possibly the rest of the day. So I just ask that uh, all residents please um, pay attention to the fire crews, pay attention to the deputies, and we're asking that you just uh, abide by our instructions until we can get this taken care of. Thank you. We're listening to an update from the Sandalwood Fire, the fire in Cala Mesa there, 832 acres, 10% contained. Riverside County 5th District Supervisor. Today is a very, very difficult day for Riverside County and especially the city of Cala Mesa. The Sandalwood Fire has caused extensive damage to our community and tragically, someone has lost their life as a result of this fire. My heart goes out to our community who has been displaced from the safety and comfort of their homes and thrust into the very difficult and uncomfortable time. Our thoughts are especially with a grieving family of the resident who lost their life. This morning, Riverside County and the city of Calamesa proclaimed a local emergency as a result of the devastation to the beautiful city of Calamesa, a community in which I've been a part of for 25 years. The local proclamations will support additional opportunities for resources and funding as we continue through this response. We're all in this together. We have several agencies out here responding, including Cal Fire, Riverside County Fire Department, Riverside Sheriff's Department, as well as Calamesa Fire Department and the city of Ukaipa. And there are probably more that I haven't even mentioned. I would like to really, really thank each and one of these agencies and how they have worked unified to make a very, very bad situation from getting much worse. Thank you. We'll pull away we'll from, take three questions. from here uh, right take now. Questions real quick. Oh, okay. Active incidents in Riverside County right now. The one near Banning and the one in Reggie Canyon. Okay, uh, so there's two other incidents that are uh, currently happening uh, in Riverside County. One is the Wolf incident, uh, which is happening uh, just uh, the south side of uh, the cities of Banning and Beaumont. Uh, currently, uh, uh, we have. Uh, crews out there that are doing uh, going direct on the fire. Um, the fire has not uh, grown as of, of last night. They've been able to hold it in check, um, but it is getting wind tested uh, with the weather that we're having right now. Uh, the other fire is the Ritchie fire, which is over in Ritchie Canyon in the uh, near the city of Moreno Valley. Um, again, uh, I believe that's around 300 acres. Um, there's a, a lot of work that needs to go put in. Uh, we have uh, some difficult access getting in crews to have to cut out the fire of where it's hung up on the side of the hills, um, but they are making good progress. Uh, we have not seen that fire grown, but again, it is getting tested by the wind, and uh, we're, we're confident that, uh, that that fire, as well as the wolf fire, are, are looking good, and we're, we are hoping for no growth. But uh, with this wind, it just takes one little spot into the uh, the grass, and then uh, we could get growth. So, any of the uh, uh, evacuation warnings that are in place um, are are remaining in place until uh, the sheriff and uh, uh, fire and the local uh, PD decide that it's safe for the residents to, uh, for those evacuation warnings and orders to be lifted. So that's all I have on this. Sheriff, you have a question. Why is this considered a crime? 
asking when people will be able We're to go back to their homes. We're working as fast as we can to make sure that happens to get them back into their homes. Uh, we know how the fire started. I, I'm not going to get into too much detail of it, but basically the, the fire resulted in a death. So that's why right now it's kind of like a death investigation to see if it's going to uh, result in criminal charges. We don't know that yet. Uh, and we won't know that for some time. All right, we'll break away from this and monitor uh, whatever questions are, are answered, but it stands at 832 acres there in Calamesa, 10% containment at this time, and as he mentioned, one fatality. Uh, there are uh, other fires in Riverside County that they're talking about as well. They mentioned the Retchie Fire, which is about 350 acres. This is the one near Moreno Valley at about 40% containment. And then the Wolf Fire as well, which is south of the 10, sort of off the uh, Highland Springs Avenue exit there. That's at 75 acres and 25% containment. Those are uh, relatively small compared, of course, to the largest one that we've been talking about, the Saddle Ridge Fire. 4,700 acres have burned. It started it's, in Silmar last night. Actually, they just upped that number, 5,800-plus acres now. And the CHP has just reopened that section of the 118 that had been closed due to the fire. Still, vast free, uh, freeway closures remain. Uh, southbound 5 at Calgrove, northbound 5 at the 118, southbound 14 at Newhall, westbound Foothill, uh, the 210 at the 118, the 405 connector to the 118. So still a lot of closures, but at least that stretch has reopened. I appreciate the offer to to stay with you and your husband yeah, tonight. I but, told you we could watch Gossip Girl. Right, but um, could we watch the baseball game instead? No, there's no baseball in my house oh my anymore. Gosh. All right, yeah. never mind. All there's right. no Rays. There's no Dodgers. We'll bring you more uh, fire coverage, of course, throughout the day, as long as it's going to take. We'll update the weather and see when these winds are expected to die down when we come back. Gary and Shannon. It's always a good sign when Blake goes, hey, what's that music? (laughs) Uh, Gary and Shannon, KFI AM 640 live everywhere on the iHeartRadio app in fire coverage today. Fire that started about 9 p.m. in Silmar, easily jumped the five, spread into Granada Hills and Porter Ranch, where it damaged or destroyed up to 25 homes. We just don't know the full extent of the damage right now because they are in full attack mode. They said winds just whipped this thing up very well and very quickly, starting the spread of this that was traveling 800 acres per hour. They said they had gusts over 50 miles per hour. Humidity had fallen to as low as 3%. That was pretty stunning. Even in the middle of the night, I think I turned the TV off finally at about 2. Uh, they were talking about those super low single-digit humidities. Uh, usually overnight, it'll go up to 10, 15, 20% in some cases, just depending on how, you know, what the conditions are. But it stayed super low overnight. Now, the red flag warnings that exist basically from, man, uh, the grapevine all the way down through Long Beach, they will be extended, or I should say they have been extended until 6 o'clock tomorrow. That's the red flag warning. The wind advisories, the high wind advisory, uh, high wind warning, I should say, as of right now, is expected to expire at about 3 o'clock this afternoon. So that's actually fantastic news that we would have about three hours left of the higher than average wind. That doesn't mean it's over by any means, as evidenced by the fact that the red flag warning itself goes until tomorrow night. But if this wind, uh, high wind warning ends 
at 3 o'clock today, that may be a sign that we're going to see some amount of relief a little bit later today. They have brought out the bulldozers to every flank of the fire up there. They have multiple helicopters, and they had a fixed-wing aircraft making retardant drops as early as last night, despite those crazy winds we were talking about, and despite the darkness. Uh, We said it earlier, state fire regulations prohibit flying fixed-wing aircraft after dark, but the plane that made the drops overnight was with the U.S. Forest Service. So able to exploit a a loophole there. That's how dynamic and terrifying this fire was, that they were able to to put that plane in the sky. Again, there is an air attack going on right now. They have been able to start cutting that fire line as those bulldozers clear the brush, clear away the fuel. And then the uh, the 737s, the DC-10, they can drop that FOS check right along that fire line to make sure that they've got that ground covered. Uh, I mentioned earlier the tweet from the Red Cross that said that there was more than, there were more than 275 fires that broke out across the state of California just yesterday. Uh, the, the fire danger is not gone at all. And obviously the, the bigger ones are the ones that we're most concerned about because they tend to be the ones that spread the fastest. Again, this fire that we're talking about, the Saddle Ridge fire that started last night near uh, Yarnell and the 210 up in Silmar, we don't know how it started, but it started in an area that was sort of an odd mixture of uh, pretty densely packed homes, uh, some industrial area, and then j- right adjacent to all of that was the wildland just north of that. This is that urban wildfire interface area where there are developments right up alongside all of those fields of fuel, all of that dry brush. We talked about it. These are areas who haven't burned since 2008. And as that brush was burning up and homes were catching fire, the winds were whipping those embers into other areas. That's why you saw it jump the five with such quickness. Edward Berwin is 73 years old. He says he and his wife were forced to leave their four cats behind as they left from their home in Silmar. He was at the Silmar Recreation Center, said they were only able to grab their three dogs. And during a previous wildfire, he said they had time to find their passports and photo albums, but not last night. He said the fireman was screaming, go, go, go. He says it was a whole curtain of fire. There was fire on all sides. We had no time. We had to leave immediately. That's uh, that was exemplified last night in some of that TV coverage. Reporters were saying that they were the first ones into some of those neighborhoods because as this fire was sort of hopscotching across I-5 and then spotting hundreds of yards, if not a quarter mile, half mile ahead of itself, there was no way for fire crews themselves to get into a position in these neighborhoods. You just couldn't traverse the neighborhood quick enough to get out in front. And have enough people out there to warn anybody. That's why some of the reporters themselves were the ones who were going around and ended up waking people up. It was moving that fast that people were just unaware of it. I mean, it would have been several hours before if my son hadn't called me at 10 o'clock at night. TV's off, phone's away. I'm not paying attention to anything. If he didn't call me, I would not have been aware of it until very early in the morning. We do not know what started this fire at this time. But there is a fatality linked to it. And as you heard the fire officials out in Calamasa say, uh, that becomes a death investigation. Um, if this was if this was started by a, a, by a human, by some sort of act. We talked about PG&E cutting power yesterday, unprecedented amounts of power to much of Northern California. 
Don't worry, though. PG&E was spending Monday and Tuesday before they made that announcement since they don't have working equipment <laughs> that can function during a wind event without causing a fire. Don't worry about it. Were they in a boardroom trying to huddle up and figure out how to get the money to put their, their lines underground? No, um, they, they were, don't care. They were ankle deep in Chardonnay yeah, at that point. They were in Sonoma where a fire ripped through that area a couple of years ago ruining a lot of people's lives and they were there not to see how those people are doing no they were wine tasting with some of their biggest customers buffy i got ashes on my saddle shoes zero perspective uh, a reminder the red flag warnings that have been up for the last couple of days have been extended until six o'clock tomorrow night meaning the fire conditions will continue continue and that is going to be the uh, the warm temperatures, not hot, but warm temperatures, definitely, and dry conditions. The high wind warnings and the high uh, the wind advisories that have been posted are extend uh, have uh, how about this? They expire at three o'clock this afternoon. Listen to this. There's a freeze warning in effect. Yeah, I saw that as well for Antelope Valley. Sub freezing temperatures as low as 27 expected. 2 a.m. till 8 a.m. Saturday. It's an odd juxtaposition, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, it sure is. All right. Uh, Alex Stone has been covering the uh, the Saddle Ridge fire as well for us. We're going to talk to him in a few minutes. Gary and Shannon will continue. Gary and Shannon, KFI AM 640, live everywhere on the iHeartRadio app. Shout out to BJs for understanding and... And having the same thought process we did, unfortunately having to cancel our news and brews there today in Downey, we will definitely reschedule and we will be out there at a later date. But just with so many people forced out of their homes and uh, loss of life now in two different fires just did not seem right. Don't let that stop you from going out there, though. Have fun at uh, lunch at BJ's in Downey or any of the BJ's for, for that sake. Um, we've been following plenty of fires that have been uh, burning throughout Southern California over the last 24 hours. Uh, the Olivas fires went out near Oxnard. That's 155 acres, pretty much knocked down at this point. Not a big deal. We also got updates on the Wolf Fire, 75 acres. The Retchy Fire, 350 acres near Moreno Valley. The Sandalwood Fire, which is the one in Cali Mesa. One person confirmed dead and one unaccounted for is what they said. That's 832 acres and 10% with 74 homes destroyed. But the biggest one that we've been keeping an eye on is the Saddle Ridge Fire. This one started at uh, at Yarnell and the 210 about 9 o'clock last night and spread to the west for the most part. Alex Stone is covering the fire, joins us now. Alex, what is the latest? Hey, guys, I'm in a neighborhood right now where it shows you it has calmed down enough that now LAFD, they've got damage assessment teams in who are beginning to go door to door and look at, okay, uh, are the, the homes damaged at all? Do they have? backyard damage the front yard damage did the fire get into their homes and i was just chatting with one of the inspectors and he said you know the the story that we so often don't tell because the story is all about uh, how many homes have been lost is how many homes they were able to to save and in this case there are a lot of homes up here uh, in a neighborhood at uh, the top of Reseda, where a dead end in porter ranch where the flames came right up to the backyards or to the front yards but the, the fire crews clearly did a intense firefight during those hours, and they were able to save them. Now, some of them do have damage, uh, either exterior damage. Some did get fire on the inside as well. 
uh, and firefighters were then able to put it out. But we're not seeing a lot of homes, at least here in Porter Ranch, that are completely burned down to the ground like you might expect when you've got a fire like this racing through as quickly as it did last night and early this morning. But still, they're just beginning the damage assessments right now. Some residents who fled early this morning when we were here at about 3 a.m. and everybody was getting out as fast as they could, they're beginning to somehow, it's still an evacuation zone, but somehow get back in, look at their homes. It's still very, very smoky here. You can probably hear still fairly windy, but the winds are nowhere near what they were a few hours ago, and the flame activity isn't either. It's relatively calm here in Porter Ranch now. Got a thousand firefighters or more on the scene and told that they're not going anywhere, that this is going to be a multi-day event. I'm assuming strike teams are coming in from other areas of of the state, like you see with one of these huge uh, fire events. It looks like they're able, they have been able to start building a fire line with their bulldozers there. Yeah, absolutely. And as the winds die down, then fire lines and freeways, any natural barriers that are there will play a bigger role. But with the winds that we saw overnight of 70-mile-an-hour wind gusts, sustained winds of 20, 30 miles an hour, maybe even more in, in some cases, the, the, nothing that you built would have stopped the fire that, that was coming up to it. I mean, look at it when it jumped the five from Silmar over to this area uh, and the other, you know, the, the areas where it jumped over the 210 and, uh, and the, the 118 where there was some spotting there as well. Those are typically would be massive fire breaks. But in this case, because the wind was so strong, the embers were getting picked up and carried so far away that it didn't do a lot of good. So there was nothing that they could do when the wind was blowing like this, except get out and try to save lives, get people out of their homes. Now, as things are calming down, they're able to do some real firefighting. It's going to become more so that way as the hours go on and the winds continue to die down more where Doing that manual labor will actually do some good. And up until now, within the last couple of hours, that hasn't been it's, – it's been possible, but it wouldn't have done any good. Now they're beginning to see the success and the progress of doing that work to try to calm down the flames. Uh, has there been any conversation at all about the fire getting into the Aliso Canyon natural gas facility just to the north there? We know that some flames in the area – no, that I hear on the ground that it, that it's there, that it's done any damage. Uh, you know, there are some uh, probably more concern about Santa Clarita and it inching down into some areas there. There was a new evacuation about an hour ago that the sheriff's department put out where they were going to do some homes technically in the, the Santa Clarita Valley. You know, a lot of folks in Santa Clarita are, are watching this, wondering if they're going to be impacted. Right now, it doesn't look like there's going to be a major impact there, but that's probably because of the population, a bigger concern at this point. There is some, some of the gas pipelines in Elisa Viejo. There are concerns there, but when it comes to what are they most worried about, it's the population centers and those that are closest to it. This here in Porter Ranch is beginning to look quite a bit better, but where do the open flames that are out there and the New Hall Pass uh, – in the, the mountains behind uh, Porter Ranch, between Porter Ranch and Santa Clarita, where does that fire go? 
that's what they want to know. And we'll have to hold our breath a little longer with the National Weather Service extending that red flag warning for L.A. and Ventura counties through Saturday evening that was set to expire this afternoon. But now forecasters say high wind speeds will remain in the forecast for at least an additional 26 hours. Yeah, and the, the biggest part of that is going to be the humidity. The winds, it looks like, they are, they're already dying down. And that we're probably going to see more of that as the hours go on. It'll be breezy tonight, uh, but, but nothing like what we saw earlier today. And we're seeing that change now. But those humidity levels of 2 and 3%, that is incredibly low. Anything that ignites, it just explodes because there is no moisture there to prevent the fire from taking off. So it's still going to be dry through the weekend. That's why the red flag warning was extended through tomorrow night. And wouldn't be surprised if tomorrow we're told that it's extended through Sunday night. And if you remember last year during the the Woolsey fire, every day for a couple of weeks, they kept extending that red flag warning. Hopefully that won't go on here, but wouldn't be uncommon if it does. And it's about that humidity level, less about the wind. The wind will still be an issue, but more about just how dry it is. All right. I can hear it in your voice, man. And smoke's starting to get to you after a few hours out there. (laughs) It's been uh, a long night. I bet. Alex, thank you for what you do. Appreciate it. You got it. Thanks, guys. Alex Stone there reporting on uh, the Saddle Ridge Fire for us for ABC News as well around the country. People are talking to Alex about what's been going on. Uh, we come back. We'll continue to update you on all of the uh, the evacuations, of course. All of Port Ranch is under evacuation at this time, and uh, we could see some more. There's plenty of active flame that is still out there, uh, but from where uh, Alex was saying, where he is, it feels like at least there's been a slight decrease in the winds for for now. Hopefully they will lay down and and contribute to the firefighters' effort there. All right, we'll continue when we come back, Gary and Shannon. to seem like I knew a secret way. Right. And I kind of, I mean, I guess I did. I mean, I wasn't the only one, clearly, I wasn't the only one who made it in from the Santa Clarita Valley today. Because if you walk down the hall, oh, wait a minute, maybe I am the only one who made it in from the Santa Clarita Valley today. Uh, We have been uh, watching the Saddle Ridge fire that has now made its way towards Porter Ranch. And there are a lot of images from different TV stations of not just the aircraft in the sky, the helicopters and now fixed wing that have come in to try to prevent the spread of this fire to the west. But people in the backyards of homes, firefighters in the backyards of homes that are up on uh, the height, you know, the tops of these ridges, trying to beat back the flames to make sure that they don't get into any more homes than they already have. And the stories. Just from unbelievable. Because it moved so quickly last night that... It was jumping into neighborhoods before the police or the firefighters could warn people to get the hell out of there. And it was so bad. It was taking off so quickly that they even used a fixed wing aircraft after dark, despite the winds. But the accounts from people are incredible. Melissa Moffat was pet sitting for friends in Granada Hills when she went outside before going to bed and she sees the fire right there coming down a hill. She says she started loading the dogs and the cats into a car. They got to an evacuation center about an hour later. 
I uh, was on the phone with my son not not too long after the fire started, and he lived closer to the area of where it began, and was kind of hedging. Well, maybe I should, you know, should I leave? Should I not leave? listen? It's going to be a hundred times easier for you to leave right now before someone tells you to. Yes. Than it will be later when the sheriff's department has to roll through your neighborhood with its loudspeaker. If you can see the fire, it's yeah. that close to you. Just get the hell out of there. Yeah, so he he eventually made his way out. uh, But still, uh, even before any sort of mandatory evacuation or suggestions from anybody, there were problems with just the sheer amount of people on those roads getting into areas where they were trying to get out. Just driving away from the fire was difficult. Hey, we wanted to talk to you and see uh, if you've been caught up in this. Maybe you had to evacuate. Maybe you're um, just parked in a lot somewhere. We've seen a lot of that. We've seen a lot of trucks pulled over just on the side of these roads. The trucks that didn't use their Waze app and go to Little Tahunga Road where they can't even clear those turns. Holy hell. (laughs) Um, But give us a call and let us know how it's affecting you. 800-520-1KFI. 800-520-1534. We've already talked about the road closures. Uh, My my son couldn't make it up on I five last night. Had to go all the way out towards uh, towards Moore Park, over the uh, the hill there into Fillmore, and made his way back up in the Santa Clarita Valley. That's one way to do it. That will take you several hours. Bender was reporting that's the way he went home this morning after his long night here, keeping everybody updated. But the five freeway we know, but basically between Roxford and Calgrove, so the entire Newhall Pass, both directions is shut down. The southbound 14, if you're coming in from the Antelope Valley uh, or farther parts of the uh, uh, of the Santa Clarita Valley, you won't make it past uh, Newhall Avenue. They'll take you off the freeway there. Northbound 405 at the 118 is shut down. And the 210, both directions between the 118 and the 5, shut down as they've got, if nothing else, just that artery available to fire and police and first responders to get around, but also because... In some of those areas, we've that guy's ripping down a Coors Light as he's evacuating his house. Well, if there's a time for a Coors Light, I'd say this is it. Could you imagine if you're stuck? Uh, listen, I've this is uh, I guess they're on Hampton Court is where this uh, TV reporter is talking to people who are getting ready to leave, and uh, that guy is moving stuff out of his house, and he just reached down and grabbed what looked like an ice cold. By the way, mountains are blue on that can. That is a Coors Light that has been chilled properly. Well, it is a hectic day. It's stressful when you've got to get out of your house and you don't know if it's going to survive. What do you pack? Where is everything? Where are those photo albums? What should I take? What fits in the car? You got to get the the pets, like that woman who was pet sitting. Hell of a time to pet sit four dogs and three cats, for the love of God. You've had to do this before, right? Like, you've had, you guys have had to get out of the house yeah. in the event of a fire. It's all been voluntary. Every time I've evacuated, it's been, I think, I, well, there was a fire, I believe, once, and then uh, flooding is the other thing. And, mm-hmm. you know, I don't even... I don't even blink. I'm like, if if I can see the fire from my house and it's a hill over or a canyon over, I'm out of there. You know, if there's a potential for a wall of water to come down into my uh, into my my house, I'm going to get the hell out of there. Well, you know, but th- also we have family in the area. Right. You know, a lot of people don't and they don't have the money to get into a hotel for the night, which is why you're seeing these rec centers fill up four of them filled to capacity. They had to open up another one. Uh, all right, we're taking calls. 1-800-520-1534, 800-520-1-KFI to tell us what it is that you have been experiencing. Thomas is on the line. Hey, Thomas, what's going on? 
And I was just uh, calling in to give you guys uh, my experience trying to come uh, south from Fresno this morning, got into kind of a chaotic scene at uh, Stevenson Ranch where just before the five was shut down, I got off the five at Valencia, tried to kind of circumnavigate, uh, but eventually there was just a massive traffic jam in Stevenson Ranch. Uh, first responders uh, coming flying by with their sirens and lights on. Eventually got to where the five was shut down, got routed back north on the five, made my way over to the 126 to the 118, uh, to the 23 to the 118, and eventually back to the 405. On a, uh, just just a little bit, a bit of a scary time there in Stevenson Ranch, seeing the fire so close and, and not really knowing where I was and if I was going to be able to get out of there. On a scale of one to ten, how full was your bladder? Well, that's a really personal question, but um, let's just say that uh, I'm equipped for this kind of experience. <laughs> well put. <laughs> Nick said the line for the Starbucks bathroom was like around the block. Oh, yeah. he did. Well, I was on the phone with Nick because we're coming from basically the same area, and we were kind of poking and prodding our way. It sounds like Thomas was trying to find the weak spot. Maybe there was a play, a way we could get on the freeway or take the old road or foothill or something like that to get down here today. So we were back and forth on the phone. And finally, at one point, when Nick ran into the CHP, he just said, you know what? I- I'm just going to go to Starbucks and, and I got to get rid of all of this that's been building up. <laughs> and then he texted and talked about the traffic jam at the Starbucks bathroom. It's just, just as bad as it was on the 14 southbound. Um, again, this is this is going to be some time before we can say that we've got most of this behind us. The winds continue. We do have wind advisories that are up through the next three hours or so. High wind warnings as well. The red flag warnings have been extended until tomorrow evening. So we have been keeping an eye on the uh, the continued spread of this fire. We're watching some of the helicopter shots right now. And as you are in Porter Ranch... There are a couple of places that um, the fire has burned right up to neighborhoods. If you know a Mormon Canyon Trail right there just north of Cessnon, it looks like for the most part it's stopped there in a neighborhood that's got a couple hundred homes in it. So it's stopped on Mormon Canyon Trail just opposite of these homes, which is great, great news. And for the most part, it doesn't appear to have any active flame, at least not in that direct area that would be threatening any homes right now. We got another one in East L.A. L.A. Fire Department has a grass fire they're working. It's just about an acre right now burning uphill in El Sereno on the Soto Hill there on Eastern Avenue. No structures are threatened, but they are... uh Working to put this thing down quickly. All right. We're trying to get a hold of uh, producer Nick Faverka, who is uh, our Santa Clarita Valley correspondent. He's also been putting stuff up on our Twitter account, at Gary and Shannon, so you can see what it's like. If you're up there uh, and you're trying to get down here, uh, I'll share with you my secret when we come back. To Gary and Shannon. Gary and Shannon, KFI AM 640, live everywhere on the iHeartRadio app. In about an hour from right now, we will have an update uh, from Porter Ranch on the firefight that is ongoing there. Fire started last night about 9. Fire officials now say there is space available at four of the five evacuation centers that have been open in response to that massive fire. 
at Mason Rec Center, Granada Hills Rec Center, Northridge Rec Center, and Lanark Rec Center. There are other fires that have been burning as well in the Riverside area. We got an update earlier today, and for the most part, those appear to be calming down. We do see the Sandalwood Fire, the Retchie Fire, the Wolf Fire. All of those are, are reported to have very little fire activity today, so that's good news. Some of those crews can come on out to the Saddle Ridge Fire that's burning in the North San Fernando Valley. There was another one out near uh, Ventura, North Oxnard, the Olivas Fire that started in the Santa Clara Riverbed. They're also saying that that one appears to have uh, slowed down quite a bit. So uh, we, we're not out of this by any means. The winds continue. We still have wind advisories up for another three hours. We still have our red flag warnings that have been posted until 6 o'clock tomorrow night because of these fire conditions as well. We are taking calls from people affected by this 1-800-520-1534, 1-800-520-1KFI. You were affected. It took you two and a half hours to get to work. When I woke up this morning, I uh, had gone to sleep before I saw this fire break out. So when I woke up and I had 28 text messages, what the hell happened? (laughs) And you and Nick are both talking about how you don't think you're going to be able to get out of the area, how you're going to have to go around the 23 to the the 5 to the 23 to the to the... We would have just been making up numbers at that point. 101. Like a classic Southern California story. (laughs) And you made it. It was a big shock. And you left Nick behind. Well, in the I had, there was a point. I feel bad now, Ugh, Nick. I'm sorry. I probably should have yeah, gone what back. Gives? To, I'm sorry. Well, <laughs> I well no. Here's the, here's the thing. We I, I was checking out the 14. You were scoping out Little Tahunga, and I said, "Hey, give me a call when you know what's going on." And I never heard anything. Wow. And then the next thing I see is I'm 10 minutes from the station. Yeah, that's uh, what Gary's text gave, was. Which, it was radio silence. Yeah. So, so that gave me hope. So I thought, all right, well, if, if Gary can can do it, I, I got to get there too. So I, uh, I gave it another shot, and I pulled down the the, uh, the hill in my apartment complex. I'm on the old road where Lions meets Pico, and uh, I, I couldn't pull out. There were semis blocking it. There were there were uh, uh, actually it was LAPD who was who was closing things off, and uh, cars everywhere, people standing. I couldn't get anywhere. So I, I turned around, parked my car, and uh, decided to walk around and get a look at things. And uh, there is no movement on the five. Everyone's just kind of stuck, standing, walking around, and just kind of watching the uh, the plane come. Uh, I assume it's a DC ten. I don't. I couldn't tell you what it is, but it's dropping fos checks uh, or lines of fos check over it. I watched it do it about five times, and then uh, came back up here to uh, charge my phone. And I'm going to go back out in a little bit and see uh, see what else is going on. Nick, yeah. did you learn nothing from the air show? I thought that we all acquired vast aviation knowledge. Uh, I learned a lot from the air show. Yeah, what do you mean? Well, you said you didn't you know if you it was a DC-10 yeah. or not. Oh, yeah, it was a DC-10 for sure. <laughs> Excellent. Uh, Nick, Nick has been posting pictures from uh, from the Santa Clarita Valley side of things uh, on Facebook and Twitter, and you can see basically what is just a dead stop there on, uh, on I-5. And I got to imagine those vehicles cuz you're basically at the last exit before the closure the closure is one exit down at Calgrove where i assume yeah. they're turning people around and just sending them back northbound some of the people that are in that picture that you posted some of those big rigs some of those cars that are pulled off to the median they've probably been there since the freeway was closed at 10 o'clock last night they must be and we saw people uh, uh big rig drivers just kind of jumping out of their cars or uh, out of their their trucks stretching their legs you know, looking around, uh, walking uh, up and down the off ramps. The off ramp, the on and off ramps were a little crazy because 
it looks like people who are maybe stuck in the middle of all the gridlock, they got to go to the bathroom at some point. So they're, they're walking up the uh, on-ramps to go use the bathroom at McDonald's, which the inside is closed, by the way, so no one can go to the bathroom there. How much public um, urination and, and people, did you see? Uh, I haven't seen any, but I almost had to do that this morning. I'm not going to lie. I thought about it. I, I was in line at Starbucks, and I thought, you know, I could just go behind the building and take care of business, and this would all be over. But I, I remain civilized. Um, but, but as I was saying on the, the ramps, as people are, are walking up and down the on-ramps, cars are driving in reverse up the on-ramps. So it's, everything's backwards. Yeah, I heard that today on a television report, too, that people were driving the wrong way on the freeway, which sounds like a terrible Yeah, they're, they're, they're flooring it, too. And I, uh, we, uh, you know, we were on the, the bridge over the five uh, right there at Lyons looking at things, and then we, we walked back up over to, uh, to our place. And uh, it's just kind of a free-for-all. People driving, you know, wherever they want. I almost got hit by a Tesla, but that's cool. That didn't happen. Um, yeah, you just got to be careful. There's a, there's a lot uh, a lot of stuff going on. It's probably just better to stay inside. Uh, the That area is also known as Hamburger Hill because there are, you mentioned McDonald's, but there are a couple other restaurants up there as well. I, I would assume that those places are just packed right now. Yeah, they are. Um, you got the the Taco Bell. You got the In and Out, which is probably packed right now. That's actually the next place I was going to go check out. Uh, yeah, at a number of fast food places. There's an IHOP. There's a Denny's, um, and the McDonald's is really interesting because uh, you know people the people who are in their cars near it, they can pull in the drive-through. But people whose cars are nowhere near there, they're getting up and they're just walking through the drive-through. So it looks kind of weird—a line of cars and then you know a guy standing there with a receipt in his hand, and then he goes and picks up his order and walks away back to wherever his car is. Could be on the freeway, could be down the street, who knows. Wow. All right. Well, um, next time we'll come up with, like, a meeting place, I think. And, how, and did you, how, did you get, how did you get there? Okay, so my trick was I just kept driving northbound on the 14. Like, I, I stayed off of the freeway because I knew from, from where we are, from where you are, basically, there's no good way to get onto the 14 northbound. So I just drove out Soledad, which kind of parallels the freeway for a long time. And then it crosses under the 14 way out towards, you know, towards Acton almost, Agua Dulce. Oh, you took, did you take the crest? Yes. So I got up yeah. I got up to on the 14 northbound and went another 10 15 miles probably before you get to Palmdale you can turn on Angeles Crest Highway. I got up in there and you turn on Angeles Forest Highway meets up in the highways or uh, up in the mountains there. So that's part of the reason why I apologize. I had no <laughs> cell service so I couldn't tell you I was on my way. That makes more sense, yeah. I don't want you to feel like I was ghosting you in any way on the no, 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 no. It's cool. Uh, do you have a? Uh, is that your plan to uh, come back up this way? Oh, you mean I have to come back? <laughs> I mean, we had plans, but I told Listen, him he could we, stay at our house. We may have to postpone RoboCop three. Oh, uh, okay. You know, it's funny, uh, or, or not really funny, but just sort of shows you what what really is going on. You can't really go anywhere. As I was one of the, uh, I tried to leave my place like three times each time. No good. Uh, one of the times I was driving by, a guy was coming up the hill from Ralph's with a, a big case of 805, and uh, that's going to be his day, just sitting inside and uh, just waiting this thing out. Uh, well, I think a lot of not, people are doing that, too. Not much you can do. I don't see any problem with that. Yeah, no. So I, I might go see what he's up to. You can't All do right. any outdoor activities? You can't leave? Uh, it looks no. Like I it. might No. It's, and it's so windy, uh, you know, my hat blew off. I almost lost my, my hat 
so uh, yeah, but uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna go back out there see what's going on in a little bit. I'll I'll take some photos and videos, and it'll all be up on uh, Gary and Shannon socials at Gary and Shannon. Maybe I'll try to do a couple of live videos too if they're uh, doing more plane drops, and, uh, and just, we'll just keep an eye on all the, all the gridlock. You're an excellent correspondent. Thank you. Nick Faverka, the Santa Clarita Valley correspondent there with the latest on what's going on on the other side of the closure. We've been watching this uh, DC-10, as Nick so eloquently identified a little bit earlier, uh, the DC-10 coming in from the north, actually flying close to where Nick was actually just talking to us, uh, coming in from the north to make yet another drop on the fire as it burns in the Porter Ranch area right now. These pilots are crazy, man. The way that they're going they're able to get so low to the ground with yeah. such a massive uh, tanker there. And, they're going to scrape their testicles precision. on the hilltop there. Uh, and there it goes, the giant, giant... Oh, that's a lot. That's a lot of Foz check. I thought we weren't going to do balls jokes. Uh, we weren't. Uh, but in that case, I feel like those pilots deserve uh, a tip a of mention. the cap. Absolutely. Uh, a little tickle of the lizard brain. All right. We'll continue when we come back. Uh, reminder, the we do expect to have an update. The news conference is scheduled for 1 o'clock on this, the biggest fire burning right now, this uh, Saddle Ridge fire that is uh, right now impacting homes in the Porter Ranch area, started in Silmar, and as the winds blew last night, blew it to the west. <laughs> Shannon, KFI AM 640, live everywhere on the iHeartRadio app. We are having our eyes all over the Saddle Ridge fire, the fire burning in Porter Ranch, the one that started about 9 p.m. with a 911 call. It looks like it started right off Yarnell, and the 210 there quickly jumped the five and moved into Porter Ranch in Granada Hills. We are at 4,700 acres burned, but that number is going to go up in less than an hour when we hear from officials and get an update. They said that we have at least 25 homes damaged or destroyed, one death in connection with that. Apparently, a man was trying to put out a fire near his home with a a garden hose, went into cardiac arrest, happened to be news crews on the scene there as firefighters tried to save his life. He was transported but uh, didn't make it. So the uh, weather conditions out there in the Porter Ranch area that we're seeing most of the flame activity today. Right now it's uh, about 89, 90 degrees. The humidity is well down into the single digits, somewhere around 4 or 5 percent, depending on the uh, depending on the instrument that you're looking at. So, you know, 89, 90 degrees, 4 or 5 percent humidity and winds that are still coming, although the wind advisories that we've seen posted are expected to expire at 3 o'clock this afternoon. That doesn't mean that we're out of danger. The red flag warnings are posted and have been extended until tomorrow night as a result of what we've seen, the incredibly dry conditions. Even if the winds do die down, we're still going to see the uh, the potential for fire danger. These fires, as we saw last night, are also burning so intensely that when that fire started going up the hill uh, right in the Silmar area just north of the 210, it was actually going uphill against the wind. It was that there was that much fuel uh, and and that much strength and ferocity in these flames 
that it was going uphill against the winds. That's an indicator that there are there's still plenty of danger out there. Well, and look at the pictures as you watch the overhead cameras get these uh, these pictures to us. There is no shortage of fuel. Again, these are areas that have not burned in ten years since the uh, what was the the. Cessnan, the Cessnan fire that burned through the same areas in 2008. Also, the Sayre fire burned in the same area. That one whipped through a mobile home park, took out 480 mobile homes. It was even more destructive than the Bel Air fire from from the 60s. And then you saw that mobile home park go up in Calamesa overnight as well. When when these fires take hold of mobile home parks, there's never a good ending. Yeah. Uh, never. And we're still seeing some of these areas. Uh, we've been talking about Porter Ranch. You mentioned that the fire started in the Silmar area. In the hills above Silmar, north of the 210, there's still plenty of smoke. And there are still some areas with active flame on the east side of I-5. Now, on the west side of I-5, it looks like there's a new front that is burning up sort of near where the landfill is, if you know where that uh, landfill that's just west of I-5. Some areas in uh, along hiking trails, there's some equestrian, pro- equestrian property that's up there as well. So all of this is going to continue uh, to be a problem. If you are in an area that you think you think might be at risk, now is the time to start getting ready for it. This is not something to to mess with. Combat park that vehicle in the front yard, whatever it is. Uh, get that car backed up, load up with whatever you need. It's going to be much easier for you to take it out of the trunk later on tonight when things calm down. The firefighters don't have time to warn you. Yeah. All right. They are still in a huge attack mode right now from the sky and and trying to bulldoze that fire line around this thing. They didn't have time last night to get people because the get people out because the fire was moving so quickly into those neighborhoods. So when you see that fire, don't just don't wait for somebody to tell you, get the hell out of there. I mean, they, they mean business with this. Uh, there are some red flag parking restrictions going on in the city of Los Angeles, Pasadena as well, as we deal with this ridiculously low humidity. Yeah. And I mean, this is not just uh, isolated to the northern San Fernando Valley. Yes, that's where the active fire is. But as we've been saying, these conditions, we saw it last night. Now, I don't think anybody really expected that this small fire that was going to start in Silmar would turn into this almost 5,000 acre uh, fire that we see this morning. But that's exactly what we're dealing, I guess, this afternoon. Um, and again, it is not over there continuing to fight this because it does continue to spread. Whether you are in the city of Los Angeles, farther in the western side of the San Fernando Valley, Calabasas, anywhere like that, you are also uh, seeing the same conditions that caused this fire. So this is uh, this is the time for you to be ready just in case anything comes out of it. Also, unfortunately, they have not come out with any sort of projected open dates when it comes to the 210 and the 5 and all the freeway closures that we're dealing with. They're not even talking about projected times that we could see those reopen i don't like that i feel you like you're I'm, talking directly to me well no i'm sorry and i am so thankful that you drove two and a half hours on a horse part of the way on p37 part of the way and that you got here um, but it's going to be a hell of a time getting home i did bad things to get here we don't need to talk about them we're not going to Mm-mm. nope because i think my wife might be listening Gary and Shannon. (laughs) But that trucker was really nice, wasn't he? Well, softer hands than you might imagine. (laughs) 
the latest update from the Saddle Ridge Fire, we are expecting a news conference to start right about 1 o'clock. We will carry that thing live because that is really the one that uh, we're keeping an eye on. Oh, the, that picture right there on the top television, that is just along the southbound 5. The truck route is what you can see that disappears into the tunnel there. So that fire, the the Saddle Ridge fire, is now making its way. It looks like it's making its way north from where it started, making its way north along I-5. Uh, so if you're in that area right around Calgrove, uh, places above, uh, like where Nick Viverka happens to be right now, and Nick, I know you're listening, uh, now might be the time for you to combat park, get your uh, your sweet hiney out of there. It is weird that you showed up not wearing pants. And what's that blood on your face? Gary and Shannon will continue it. safe to say if you ordered some stuff, it might not get there in time. Well, <laughs> uh, grocery stores may have to wait a couple more days for their shipments because there's a huge backlog of trucks thanks to these freeway shutdowns. Gary and Shannon, KFI AM 640 Live everywhere on the iHeartRadio app. We're seeing for the first time in several several hours, excuse me, a Saddle Ridge fire that's burned in the Silmar area and made its way towards Porter Ranch. Some more active flames now back in the Silmar area on either side of Interstate 5 as it makes its way through Newhall Pass. Uh, and in fact, that uh, we know the, uh, the landfill that's actually just west of the freeway there uh, as you go through the Newhall Pass, Sunshine Canyon. There are, there are flames that have made their way just north of Sunshine Canyon in towards where the, uh, the truck route begins. And you get into like uh, where the soil farm is there, the Summerland Farms, that uh, equestrian center, and Oak Tree Gun Club, if you know where that is, just west of the freeway, that the flames are getting a little bit closer to that. We're seeing it looks like the wind shifting, not so much from the northeast towards the southwest, but now it looks like it's actually coming from the southeast and pushing towards the northwest a little bit. So we're seeing some areas that are being impacted that we hadn't seen overnight. Fuel for days. Four days. No shortage of fuel in the path of this beast. And that's what fire officials say they will be working on this thing for days. Andrew Mullenbeck has been covering the fire and is out there in the Porter Ranch area. Joins us now. Andrew, how does it look uh, from where you are? Yeah, it's actually looking pretty good here, at least compared with what it looked like overnight, which was terrifying, really. Uh, Even on Tampa Avenue, driving up there, both sides of the road were just glowing. You saw embers flying everywhere. It really looked like it was raining embers. There was swirling winds. Homes were on fire. Uh, But more and more throughout the day, firefighters and air support have been showing up. And uh, I'm looking now, we have the Sky Crane, DC-10 making check drops. The wind maybe is not as consistently strong as it was at one time. There are some really strong gusts. In fact, I had to close up part of the vehicle here because I was told that you probably wouldn't be able to hear me uh, because the, the wind gusts were popping the mic so much. So there are still some strong gusts, but as far as what I'm looking at, I'm uh, on an overpass uh, near Tampa Avenue right now. What I'm looking at is uh, kind of the base of a canyon where everything is really burned out 
what's really remarkable, and I've driven all the way around Porter Ranch today and out to Chatsworth, there are so many areas in which the fire burned right to the edge of the property and no further. Maybe some embers here and there, but as far as the actual fire line, and the homeowners that I've talked to credit a couple of things. Brush clearance, some natural buffers that they've put in, such as concrete right up next to the retaining wall, and then the work of the firefighters who, as you know, they like to do structure protection. They show up with a, an engine or two on these cul-de-sacs or main roads to defend homes, and that really has made such a difference because, especially when I got here kind of overnight, really, it was one of those situations where you thought, this could be really bad. This could be dozens, hundreds of homes, potentially, but at the moment, we know of 25 uh, structures that the fire department is saying, which typically means homes. But when you actually get a visual here as to where the fire burned right up next to these properties, it's pretty remarkable that there weren't more homes that burned. Have you been able to uh, to get a gauge on the um, the wind speeds out there? I We've been watching what appears to be the sort of a deterioration in the winds, and that's been good. But then every once in a while, we'll we'll find uh, you know one of these TV helicopters will show some flames that just look like they're being driven out of control. Yeah, I actually haven't seen much of any flame, uh, with one exception in uh, quite a while, more than an hour. I saw just a little while ago. There's a tiny hot spot uh, that firefighters quickly made a drop on. But other than that, where I have been in and around uh, the Porter Ranch area, again, we're north of the 118 freeway, I really haven't seen any flames really to speak of in quite a while. Now, again, contrast that with, let's see, what would it be, seven hours ago when it just looked like everywhere you turned in this neighborhood, all you saw was a glow. And it that, again, literal, it looked like raiding embers uh, is what we were running from. But now it does seem, and we do still have some wind gusts, it, it seems like there is a pretty decent handle, and I'm watching now uh, firefighters just kind of putting out hot spots, not even flames, but usually when you see them working on hot spots, that's a good sign that they don't have uh, bigger issues to worry about, like uh, fire actively approaching homes. Uh, they're starting to hit some hot spots. It's a pretty good sign. Yeah, some of the uh, flare-ups that we're watching live right now from the television pictures are in mountainous areas where you're going to have to attack that thing from from the air, just looking at the terrain. Um, and yeah, th- those hot spots are going to be continued to be monitored throughout the weekend and maybe even into uh, next week as they turn over that soil and make sure there are none remaining as they uh, try and battle this thing. Andrew, yeah, the good, go ahead. Yeah, the good side of that is that the wind is expected to die down by about 3 o'clock this afternoon, at least nothing like what it has been. And so if they can just hang on for a few more hours, uh, they're going to be looking a lot better. All right, Andrew, appreciate it. Thank you. You got it. And a reminder, the mandatory evacuations are in effect for all of these different areas, uh, all of Porter Ranch north of the 118 freeway, so that along with Twin Lakes, Indian Springs, Indian Falls Estates, Browns Canyon, the Oak Ridge Estates north of the 210, uh, everything west of Balboa, north of Cessna to the Ventura County border. They're talking about 23,000 homes that are under these mandatory evacuation orders. Uh, we know that at least 25 homes have been destroyed in this fire, the Saddle Ridge fire. And it looks like one of the more active flanks right now is just along I-5 as it makes its way north 
uh, from the Sunshine Canyon landfill up and over the Newhall Pass is what it looks like. Although the, the it doesn't look like it's advancing quickly, but the flame lengths right there are, are pretty high, pretty extensive. All right, we'll stay on top of this, get you an update on some other fires burning in the area in Southern California when we come back. Days like this just bring out the moron in people. I think I'm tired and hungry right now. Uh, Gary and Shannon, <laughs> KFI AM 640 live everywhere on the iHeartRadio app. I was just, I was looking through the Caltrans tweets. Caltrans District 7 is the uh, southern district to Caltrans, and they're the ones who are keeping an eye on what's going on with the road closures, right? And we've been saying that for the last several hours, since last night, I-5 is closed through the New Hall Pass. Uh, the 14 is closed. We've seen the 210 portions of the 405 and 118, all of them closed to some degree in that area of the North San, San Fernando Valley. <clears throat> so if you're trying to get to the Santa Clarita Valley, you've got to go around. Or if you're trying to get to anywhere in Northern California, you're going to have to go around. Well, Caltrans District 7 puts out a tweet about an hour ago. It says, hey, if you're traveling between northern and southern California, be advised, I-5 is closed because of a fire. The detours include the 101, um, way to the west, even I-15, way to the east, uh, and it's going to take you extra time to get around. And people would respond to that tweet with, what are the detours? No. (laughs) I I mean, they include a map. With giant circles, this is Highway 101 through Ventura. This is I-15. And you know what? Not everybody was born with uh, the same amount of brain power. We're all different, and our strength is our diversity. One, don't. One of the things that did <laughs> that did strike me today is I, I was one of the few who stuck to it and made it through the Angeles Crest Highway. Like, I don't need to pat myself on no, the back. Not but I'm all. one of four people I'm, that I'm made clearly, it out of the valley. I'm clearly up for the challenge, and other people aren't. Rhymes with Rick Baburka. And uh, it turns out that when you are all, I mean, there were hundreds and hundreds of cars on this on that road going through the mountain. And we were, you know, we peaked at about 25 miles an hour. Everybody's just, you know, we're doing patient. Every There are very few passing lanes available, but it's amazing the a-holes that think they're going to get somewhere faster than you when they pass you on, yes. on, a, on a mountain road passing lane with hundreds of your closest friends traveling in the same speed, same direction. Special brand of Apple. Man. What I try to do and think about when I see situations like that and drivers like that is maybe they're going to the hospital. Maybe uh, somebody's hanging on. Maybe there's a pregnant lady in that car needs to get that baby out Mm -hmm. to try and prevent myself from thinking of the worst about humanity. Yeah. The best part is that you're then stuck. The The a-hole that cuts you off in the passing lane mm-hmm. is then four feet from you for the next hour and a half. Yep. And you're just going 12 miles an hour. And they got to lock in Yada before you did by about a half a second. Do you want some good news? Please. 
The Dow is up more than 500 points. Because of fire? No, because of China. Apparently, there's a partial trade deal that may be announced soon. The president says that the United States has reached a substantial phase one deal with China. And Bloomberg reported earlier that the two have reached a limited agreement to ratchet down trade tensions. That is good news. Uh, we were telling you earlier about the uh, fires that are burning out in Riverside County. The the Sandalwood fire in the Calamesa area burned more than 800 acres. The last update was that it was 10% contained. 74 homes were destroyed, most of those mobile homes. And we do know that one woman uh, was killed. There's another woman who is, at this point, unaccounted for. That's all they would say in that news conference earlier today. Also, the Ricci Fire, 350 acres near Moreno Valley. The Wolf Fire, about 75 acres south of the 10 uh, near the Highland Springs Avenue exit. Those are the fires that uh, they believe that they're getting the upper hand on. And some of the fire crews from those areas have been making their way west to take on the Saddle Ridge fire, the one that we're talking about. This one is a monster. 23,000 homes evacuated all of Porter Ranch. This one started at 9 right there at Yarnell in the 210 and quickly made quick work of that jump over the 5 into Granada Hills Porter Ranch area. They had a 1,000 firefighters out there that were told, listen, you're staying on these fire lines. We've had strike teams that we've seen come in from the Bay Area, other parts of the state as well. They even attacked this thing from the air last night when it was dark because it was taking off so quickly. They actually went to that type of risk with the uh, the airdrops overnight, the water drops. The most uh, the, the quickest spread from last night was directly west from Silmar out towards uh, right above Granada Hills and the hills there and then out towards Porter Ranch as it made its way. It seemed like it was going to go straight through to the Ventura County line. Um, now it appears within the last 45 minutes to an hour or so, there's another flank of this fire that is starting to burn sort of towards the northwest. It went around the Sunshine Hills landfill there and has been making its way along I-5 northbound towards where, if you know where Weldon Canyon Road crosses over the freeway and then up towards Summerland Farms and the Sandy Springs Stables, the Oak Tree Gun Club that's there just west of I-5. So in the areas of, say, Stevenson Ranch, if you know people in that area, now might be a time to pay attention to what's going on. Uh, I know people up there who say they can't yet smell any smoke even, but uh, the fire has been making progress up that way in in an area that as of uh, up until just about 12 o'clock, it was not moving to the north very much. What are you going to do? What do you mean, what am I going to do? Oh, you're all right? What can I do? No, I mean, are you going to have the family leave? Are they okay where they're at? Yeah, they're fine. That didn't seem 100%. There's a lot that has to go wrong between now and then for for anything to be. But everyone's on alert. The dog's in a totally different location. It's not like my wife is holding book club right now and they're not paying attention. I'll say that. I mean, even if they are doing book club, they are paying attention. All right. Well, we are going to get an update from fire officials. The last time we heard them talk, it was, what, 8 a.m.? And so we are going to get another update, their afternoon update, early afternoon. And we're going to see that acreage jump 
substantially. It's currently at 4,700 acres. It looks like 25 homes damaged or destroyed and 0% containment. We have been watching them make a fire line uh, using bulldozers around the active fire area away from homes. So we'll see what the progress has been on that. And like you mentioned, the change in direction of this beast within the past uh, past hour or so. And is there some new concern over new neighborhoods? We'll have all of that when we come back. Uh, We have all of the information as well in terms of road closures, in terms of weather reports, the updated evacuation areas, and most importantly, those evacuation shelters, those that are still open. And if you have animals, large and small, there's information about where you could take those as well. All of that is up online at KFIAM640.com. All right. Uh, We'll come back and try to get that latest update out of the Saddle Ridge Fire, the one that's burning in the North San Fernando Valley, when we come back to Gary and Shannon. Shannon, KFI AM 640 live everywhere on the iHeartRadio app. The Saddle Ridge Fire is uh, the, are taking up most of our attention today. This is a fire that, as Andrew Mullenbeck just announced there at the top of the hour, has grown to more than 7,500 acres. Started in Silmar at about 9 o'clock last night, made its way across the 5 Freeway uh, towards Porter Ranch. The entire area of Porter Ranch has been evacuated and now we are seeing what look like flames that are making their way northward for the first time up along I-5. The Weldon Canyon is one of the rare roads that actually crosses I-5 through the Newhall Pass. It's adjacent to that and making its way north very slowly, but in a sort of a change of direction that we hadn't seen before. The city of Santa Clarita says that they are monitoring that flare-up as it moves toward that area. It looks like we are still Attacking this beast in large part from the sky because of the terrain is so thick and 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 dense up there. It's just hard to get guys on the ground in some of those spots. They are and they have been very successful with structure protection at this point. Uh, but we are relying a lot on the DC-10 to put that fire retardant down there on those flames, as well as the super scoopers that we have leased from the Canadians for the past 26 years. They just arrived on Monday. Those are the fixed-wing water-dropping aircraft that are so great to see when they are deployed. They can dump up to 1,600 gallons of water. They store them in four different compartments aboard those super soakers and uh, super scoopers and they can deploy that water they can open the hatch of that with just pushing one button we uh, are expecting a news conference some sort of an update at least on the uh, saddle ridge fire burning up in the north san fernando valley we're expecting it to start right now but uh, we obviously since it's a a very dynamic situation they're going to have their uh make sure that all of their uh People, all their agencies are ready before we get an update on all of this. Again, there are uh, looks like a couple of active flanks on this fire, one of them being up near the uh, Sunshine Hills, I believe that's what it's called, uh, landfill that's right along I-5. So right where the 5 and the 14 meet, just west of the road there. In fact, some of the flames are right down to the roadway, the truck lanes that go through there. 
and appear to be making their way a little bit towards the north. There was one Sikorsky sky crane that went through there and did a water drop a few moments ago. The other area is an area of Porter Ranch specifically that is uh, way down close to what they call Mormon Canyon Trail or Mormon Trail it is. And there's an area of homes up in that uh, part of Porter Ranch that has been evacuated. Uh, It's right off of uh, Via Donatello and places like that. Those homes have been under evacuation orders for hours and hours now. And for the first time in a couple of hours, we're seeing some active flames again in the hills just east of there, but making their way to the west, be pushed, of course, by this wind. This is crucial time right now, speaking of that wind, because they said we would get the most dangerous winds this late morning and early afternoon. They're supposed to die down around 3 p.m., according to what Andrew Mullenbeck was told by fire officials there on the scene. These winds whipped this thing up very quickly last night, and it was moving at a rate of speed of about 800 acres per hour. Winds at 50 miles per hour still today. Gusts they were recording at 70. This is a critical time right now and for the next few hours to make sure they they make some progress on this thing and hold it until they can get some relief from the weather. Uh, L.A. Fire, L.A. uh, City Fire was the original agency on all of this. But uh, as you can imagine, agencies from all around southern and now central California have been making their way to these different uh, flanks of this fire as it continues to burn and continues to to chew up through some of these areas. The one, I suppose, saving grace in all of this is that a lot of this area has burned in a couple of recent fires within the last 10 years or so. Uh, That doesn't mean that it's going to slow down necessarily, but it may mean that there was uh, a little bit less fuel. Although, Man, just to see some of the the images from last night and into today, and even right now where it looks like the wind has started to pick up again in some of these areas, it, there's no shortage of fuel. You're there's getting no apocalypse shortage. sky right now in a lot of areas. Santa Clarita Valley now getting the effects. It is just that burnt orange sky and that thick smoke that you're going to have in the region for, for days because of this thing. And they do say it's going to be a firefight that lasts days. Uh, They are going to be going over these areas routinely through the weekend into next week, making sure there are no hot spots. Uh, If we've said this too many times, I don't think uh, there is such a thing. But uh, now is the time. If you can smell that smoke, if you can see it, if you can see active flame from where you are, even if you feel like it's five miles away, This is an opportunity for you to pay attention to what's going on. This is an opportunity for you to start making some of those early precautions. You can find checklists of what you need to take online. If you you have to scramble, just basically grab the kids and the pets, uh, probably grandma and grandpa at that point, and, and get out. But the 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 nature of these fires is pretty astounding lately. Uh, last night, it spread so quickly at a time when we thought the winds were going to be dying down at about 9, 10 o'clock last night. It wasn't until probably 2 or 3 in the morning that things slowed down. And as we're seeing now with these winds, the heat up around 90, 90 degrees or so in some areas, and the winds picking up before they die down. This could be a, another push that this fire starts to make here. bit of financial news, the Dow ending with a 319-point gain because the United States suspended a tariff hike on $250 billion worth of Chinese imports that was set to take effect on Tuesday. It was driving the markets down, remember, um, remember earlier in the week, because it didn't seem like anything was going to come out of these talks. 
Well, that was not the announcement today at China agreeing to buy 40 billion to 50 billion in U.S. farm products as we try to edge closer to a ceasefire with this 15-month trade war. They did leave some of the other issues, including our allegations that China forces foreign countries to hand over trade secrets in return to in return for access to the Chinese market. Uh, they didn't touch that. They're going to have later negotiations when they iron out some more differences. But yeah, the tariffs on $250 billion in Chinese imports was set to rise on Tuesday from 25% to 30%. That will not be happening. Again, we're waiting for an update on the uh, Saddle Ridge fire burning up in the North San Fernando Valley, making its way just a bit north now. It's burning in the ridge that sort of surrounds the Sunshine Canyon landfill just north of Granada Hills there on the west side of I-5. Lots and lots of smoke in that area in sort of the the new front, I guess, of this fire. Uh, we're keeping an eye on and waiting for an update from officials. We do expect that they have the command center set up, I believe, at Hanson Dam. And uh, when they all get in place, we'll bring you that update live. Side note, totally not fire-related, Shepard Smith is leaving Fox News. He made the announcement today, and today's his last show. Hmm. This is a surprise. Yeah, they've been having issues News slash opinions slash what different uh, journalists want to do issues. Uh, Side note, Nick Viverka is now live on Facebook at Gary and Shannon. It looks like he's taking a walk. I'm not sure where he's headed. I'm not sure what this is all about. We really need to change the passwords. Yeah, he's just walking down a street. I don't see any fire. It's a blue sky. Maybe he's just taking the dog for a walk and needed attention. So he went on Facebook Live. Hmm. Oh, I see some smoke now. He's found some smoke to the right there. Is he going to crest that hill and give us a closer look? No, he's not. Anyway, if you want to check out Nick's video, Nick's walk, his stroll. Uh, again, it looks like there are people gathering some of the officials there in the uh, the official looking coats and suits. And hopefully we get an elected official or two to get up and blab about something. Uh, the Saddle Ridge Fire, again, now up over 7,500 acres Started in Silmar, expanded west towards Porter Ranch and caused tens of thousands of people to be evacuated. Now it looks like it's making its way just a bit north, right there at the 5 and the 14 split on both sides of those freeways. All right. Are they near the podium? Is that? Are uh, we just looking at their backs? I think they do They do their internal briefing before they turn yeah, and give their update to us. So. All right. So we'll take a break. And uh, if we have to come back early, we will take you live to that press conference on the fire in Porter Ranch. Gary and Shannon will continue. Got an eye now on the uh, news conference out of Hanson Dam. Again, this is an update on the Saddle Ridge fire. Looks like everybody's gathered around the microphones. We can expect a, a start here. Uh, L.A. City Fire, it looks like, is going to be the lead agency in terms of informing people about what's going on. Oh, and look, there are elected officials there. So, Oh, is that Brad Sherman? We are safe. Sure is. Well, he looks like a tough guy. All right, he's, tar- he's talking now, so let's uh, see if we can pull this up. He just started talking and then coughed, so now he's taking a drink. Excuse me. <laughs> Welcome to the afternoon briefing for the Saddle Ridge Fire. The speakers, we have a number of speakers that are going to speak, be speaking today. These speakers will be introducing themselves as they come up on the stage. We will have a question and answer session immediately following. Uh, we will have Spanish language available as well. We also have other representatives that will be available for stand-up one-on-one interviews at the conclusion of the briefing. Our first speaker is Councilwoman from the 7th District, Monica Rodriguez. 
Thank you very much. Good afternoon, everyone. Uh, just to recap, last night at approximately 9 p.m. at uh, the intersection of Yarnell and the 210 freeway is when we first had the Ridge, uh, the Saddle Ridge fire erupt, and from there jumped to a, a number of different locations. Uh, this fire currently has uh, extended to 4,700 acres consumed. Uh, we've had more than 100,000 individuals that have been affected through these evacuation efforts, uh, and we are continuing to monitor this very dynamic situation on this wind-driven fire. I want to thank the public for its cooperation in heeding the evacuation calls. Uh, at this time, in the community of Silmar, Oak Ridge Mobile Home Park remains at mandatory evacuation efforts, and uh, many other areas, uh, of course, going heading north of uh, the 118 freeway and Rinaldi, heading west of the 405 freeway, also remain under evacuation orders. And we want to continue to seek the public's cooperation in assuring that you are cooperating with these mandatory evacuation uh, calls. We also want to let you know that our animal services for many of our foothill communities that have large animal and equestrian uh, communities, that we have arranged for the evacuation assistance at our uh, if you call the East Valley Animal Shelter or the West Valley Animal Shelters, you will have the opportunity to seek additional trailer support to help evacuate uh, your large animal or your uh, horses. We appreciate our animal services for helping to make available the Hanson Dam Equestrian Center, uh, which still has significant capacity, more than 200 stalls available. We also still have Castaic uh, and Pierce College that is available for these, uh, these evacuation efforts as well for these large animal and equine. <coughs> As far as our evacuation shelters, our emergency shelters, uh, and our, uh, our at our city uh, facility, our rec centers. Through the Emergency Management Department, we have continued to make available and activate these emergency shelters to accommodate evacuees in many of these areas. The Northridge uh, Park facility is at capacity. Our Silmar Recreation Center remains at capacity. Uh, we also have uh, the Granada Hills Rec Center also full and unable to accept more residents. And so what we, and uh, Mason Park remains available. And we have new facilities that are now activated and available to accommodate residents uh, for both uh, shelter or just evacuation, temporary evacuation stays. And that is at the Van Nuys Recreation Center. Balboa Recreation Center. These are both new and available to accommodate uh, over couple, uh, several hundred individuals to uh, accommodate their shelter needs. So again, we want to thank the American Red Cross for their assistance. And of course, we would be remiss if we didn't thank our first responders who are out there tirelessly helping to attack this fire from the ground and from the air. They're doing an outstanding job. I want to thank all of my colleagues and elected officials that have joined us in offering their support uh, in this effort. These fires are transcending uh, jurisdictional boundaries, but that hasn't stopped us all working cooperatively to assure that we are protecting our residents and protecting the needs of their, uh, their property, and we will continue to do so. Uh, again, we want to encourage the, the public 
to uh, stay apprised of more current uh, notifications for evacuation efforts. And through Notify LA, which is our uh, early notification response system, we want to encourage everybody to text the word READY to 888-777. That will provide you any additional notification efforts of evacuations in your area. So we want to encourage the public to also uh, be assist us in making sure you're getting the most recent and current information as it relates to this ever-changing fire. Uh, but again, my thanks to the community for its cooperation in, in uh, heeding the calls for evacuation efforts. Again, these mandatory evacuation areas are going to remain in effect, and until they're lifted, residents will not be allowed back in these areas. Because of the wind-driven conditions, uh, we cannot, it, it is, uh, it's indiscriminate, and we want to make sure that we protect the public, we want to protect our first responders, and we want to continue to be able to protect your property. So with that, thank you very much. And at this time, I'd like to invite my colleague from the 12th District, Mr. John Lee. Thank you, uh, Councilman Rodriguez. Um, John Lee, Councilmember of the 12th District. First, I want to always thank the men and women from all the different agencies, even some from out of state, that are coming together to fight this fire with us. Uh, I want to remind everybody that Council District uh, 12 uh, District Office remains open, and if you have any questions, our phone number is 818-882-1212. The biggest question we're getting right now is because they don't see any smoke in the Porter Ranch area, if it's okay to return to their homes. Uh, there are many other issues just because there aren't smoke that may endanger down power lines and other situations. And so understand that until we give the all clear that uh, it's still not safe to proceed into these, into these different uh, neighborhoods. Um, I just, as a board member of the San Fernando Valley Rescue Mission, just got notification from our executive director that for women in special needs or, or women who are pregnant, we do have a limited amount of space at the rescue mission and that uh, each case will be taken on a case-by-case -case basis. So if you fall in those categories, you can reach out to 818-785-4476. And each case, like I said earlier, will be evaluated uh, individually. And now I'd like to uh, introduce a supervisor from the L.A. County, uh, Supervisor Karen Catherine Barger. Thank you. I'm just going to touch base on what's going on in the county. And for those of you that don't know, Barry Nidorf, um, uh, Juvenile Hall is located in Silmar. We have evacuated. We've evacuated 276 minors who have been mo moved to Los Padrinos. And it was done out of uh, caution. There is smoke uh, currently damaged there, but other than that, it's staying. It's it's fine. But they just wanted to move those uh, youth. It's also been reported that all of you medical center is evacuating. That is not true. It is shelter in place right now. Uh, patients are safe. Uh, staff are being held over. We are having difficulty getting staff in there because of the three-day weekend and also because of the closure of the uh, five freeway. But we remain in full force at all of you medical center. And if that changes, you can go to uh, fire.lacounty.gov to get an update uh, moving forward. But at this point, um, the only evacuation we've had for one of our probation facilities is Barry Nidorp in Silmar. Silmar. Um, the adjacent to all of you medical center, there is an urgent care center for mental health. All those patients were evacuated up to the hospital. 
Um, it is still, again, intact. It has not been affected by the fire, but uh, an abundance of caution. They decided to move the, the patients that were currently there to the main hospital. Uh, so that is it for L.A. County. But again, you can go to our web page. We are updating it in real time uh, in order to make sure that people have information they need. So thank you. And now I'd like to introduce Congressmember Sherman to give an update. And I'd also like to say that I've talked to Senator Dianne Feinstein, who uh, was Senator uh, Henry Stern and I, State Senator Henry Stern and I talked to her. She has offered all resources necessary and has been We're very, very helpful. We're listening into a news conference in, about the fire uh, burning in Porter Ranch. So we can, um, at the end of this fire, make sure that we are fully uh, covered, both federal and state. And so I'd like to publicly thank Senator Feinstein for reaching out. Thank you. Hello, I'm Congressman Brad Sherman. At uh, 1219 last night, I noticed that our home was in the mandatory evacuation area and left our community of Renaissance in Porter Ranch. I want to thank firefighters. They are there on the front lines, and they have saved so many homes already and are continuing to do so. October has not been a good month for northern Porter Ranch. Eleven years ago, we had the Cessnon fire in October. Four years ago, we had the world's largest methane blowout. And now this October, uh, the, this uh, Saddleback fire. The, um, uh, uh, I want to thank FEMA for authorizing firefighting grants so that 75% of the costs of fighting this fire uh, should be borne by the federal government. And I want to thank the colleagues I had in Congress a decade or so ago in uh, helping me secure uh, uh, super scooper uh, firefighting planes for firefighting efforts here in Southern California. Uh, a, uh, a bit of uh, practical information, uh, like others who have homes in the area, mandatory means mandatory. Uh, if you're instructed to leave, please leave. Second, if you have costs associated with leaving and you have homeowner's insurance, keep your receipts. Many homeowner's insurance policies will cover the cost of lodging, transportation, and meals. And we'll have to see whether we're successful in getting a federal disaster declaration uh, that will de uh, I will certainly be fighting for it, as will my colleague who will speak in a second. Uh, the Whether that will be granted will depend on a number of circumstances. Uh, if we, uh, and, and will be determined in part on how big this disaster turns out to be. It will also be determined by whether this is viewed as part of the same disaster as the wind-whipped fires in Riverside County that are affecting so many uh, right now. So if we do get that declaration, that will provide additional federal help to businesses and homeowners. Uh, with that, I want to introduce Katie Hill, who uh, uh, in just a few months in Congress has been a strong advocate for firefighting grants. Thank you so much. Um, 
My message is simple. I just want to thank all of our firefighters and law enforcement professionals who are out there. We have over a thousand firefighters all across the region who have come together to battle this um, and protect all of us. We have hundreds of law enforcement professionals, all of which you're going to hear from uh, about those operations shortly. Um, but we're thinking about you. Porter Ranch has been through so many different disasters, and this is the time for us to come together as a community. Uh, Santa Clarita, Simi Valley, be ready. This could change at any moment, and we need to make sure that people are prepared, uh, that we are not caught uh, flat-footed if the fire changes in directions. We also, uh, you're not going to have a, a police officer knock at every single door if mandatory evacuations change. So make sure that you are signing up for those alerts uh, that my colleagues have mentioned earlier. Make sure that you are following online, following on Twitter, watching the news, and have AM radio available, because if cell networks go down, then that is the last line of defense. So we're here for you. Our office will continue to put forward information as we learn it. Um, thank you so much to all of you who are working on the front lines. We really appreciate it. And with that, I want to introduce my colleague. Uh, Assemblywoman Luz Rivas. Good afternoon. My name is Luz Rivas. I'm the Assemblywoman for the 39th District, which includes Silmar and parts of Granada Hills that have been affected by this fire. I'm joined here um, with other members of the state legislature, um, Senator Hertzberg and Senator Henry Stern, that also represent this area. Uh, as soon as the fire started, I immediately reached out to the governor's office. I'd like to thank Governor Newsom for his immediate response and for seeing that several, sending several state agencies to this area. Um, at 2 a.m. this morning, the governor sent the State Office of Emergency Services and deployed department heads from CHP and Caltrans um, to immediately help with this fire. I'd also like to thank the great work being done by the city and county of L.A., and for those who are putting their lives on the line to protect our community, like LAFD, LA County Fire, and LAPD. Uh, my office will be coordinating with several state entities to ensure that there are no unmet needs, including the Department of Insurance, um, to help families and businesses that have lost their properties in the fire. I will also be ensuring that the Governor's Office of Economic Development will be available to help provide financial assistance for those who need it. Um, I will also be coordinating with my colleagues in the state legislature, like Assemblymember Christy Smith, a Majority Leader Hertzberg, and Senator Stern, to participate in conversations with state agencies responsible for providing assistance. Um, I'd like to also establish a relief fund where folks can contribute to help those being impacted by the fires this evening. Um, so I would be providing these resources on my assembly website. I'm proud of Silmar and Granada Hills, and I'm proud to be Silmar and Granada Hills strong in this fire. Um, now I'd like to uh, make brief comments in Spanish. Um, Man, tardes, something about the fire would Rivas, be nice. At some point, yeah. don't you think it would yeah. be nice if uh, the politicians would go, hey, guys, uh, I know that I'm here, but I'm just here as a support thing because I can't do a damn thing about the fire. But the men and women that are behind me who are actually wearing the uniforms that matter, they're the ones that you want to hear from. So we're going to let them speak. Right. How come no politician has said that? There have it's been like seven about, opportunities hey, now. It's not about you. It's not about you. It's not about your colleagues in Sacramento. It's about where are we on this firefight? When can people get back in their homes? And when are the freeways going to reopen? No one cares what Mr. Uh, Tweedledee 
I think you mean Congressman Brad Sherman. That's what you're doing in Sacramento. And we're going to work to establish. No, no, no. What's going on right now? I appreciate that you called the governor. I appreciate that you called Senator Feinstein. This is the opportunity for you to stand aside, for you to simply be um, uh, window dressing eye candy back there and let the, uh, the men and women who are actually fighting the fires come forward and explain what it is that we need to be doing Show for the next couple of hours. your support silently. Katie Hill got up there and just said, be ready, uh, District, Santa Clarita, Simi Valley, and thank you to all the firefighters, and then she shut up. You don't have to. Well, wait. then she wins points for that, damn it, because that's that's what each one of these people should do. Yeah, it's ridiculous. And Brad Sherman up there, oh, I'm going to fight to get a federal emergency. And it's like, it's not about you. Yeah, this is, that's what not are you a, doing here. Um, We're continuing to watch as this is going. I mean, just the perfect delineation between these politicians who want to tell you everything uh, about what they are doing. And there's a giant DC-10 circling over a massive wildfire that's burning in Southern California. Meanwhile, who was that again? Was that Monica? No. No. no who is that? I don't she's know. State Assembly. Anyway. State Assembly person. She's she's sitting there explaining things. Nobody needs to the things explained to them. Fires are burning. Homes are at risk. Potentially lives are at risk. Let's get to that. Okay, someone else is going to come forward now. Oh, look, he's actually wearing oh, a uniform. Oh, it's a fire department official. Let's dip smart. back Let's in back here, Blake. Channel 7. 7, perhaps? Yeah, let's give that one a try. I know that 4 dipped out of it for the exact same reason that we did, because uh, they were just blathering on and, and knob-slobbering on each other. That we found to be about one acre, but uh, after the well-publicized adverse weather conditions that we were facing, uh, the fire quickly evolved into a wind-driven fire that was quick, quickly pushed across Silmar and uh, into Granada Hills across the 5 Freeway up into the 514 corridor and into the, the northernmost reaches of Porter Ranch and on the western end of that portion of the San Fernando Valley. Uh, we mounted an all-out effort that was uh, included 500 firefighters from your Los Angeles Fire Department and an additional 500 firefighters from uh, our closest partners in the Los Angeles County Fire Department, Cal Fire, in the Angeles National Forest, and many other surrounding jurisdictions who uh, lended firefighters to the mutual aid effort. Uh, we, we currently uh, are working uh, with hand crews and dozers and aircraft and uh, engines to try and suppress and contain the fire. And uh, I want to thank the media and the public and for your publicizing uh, the need to evacuate and they heeded our warnings and they heeded uh, our guidance and evacuated when they were told to and allowed uh, firefighters and our partners from the Los Angeles Police Department, the Los Angeles County Sheriff's Department and the California Highway Patrol and allowed us to safely evacuate and protect the property and the homes and the belongings of those people who were affected by this fire. And I'd like to turn it over to uh, my counterpart from the Los Angeles County Fire Department, Chief Deputy Dave Richardson. Good afternoon. Dave Richardson, uh, as mentioned, Chief Deputy of Emergency Operations for the County of Los Angeles Fire Department. First and foremost, I'd like to thank our folks behind me, Councilmember Rodriguez Lee, Supervisor Barger, and our elected officials for their unwavering support and our effort to make a difference 
in the communities that we serve. On behalf of my fire chief, Darrell Osby, and the men and women, we are proud to be out here to make that difference. As mentioned by Chief Poyer, early this morning, resources responded out to try to contain this fire. This is a true unified effort. County of Los Angeles, City of Los Angeles, Fire Departments, Los Angeles Police Department, Los Angeles County Sheriff's Department, as well as the California Highway Patrol, as we work together, and as we have this concerted effort, we develop a number of priorities to make a difference and to combat this fire. First and foremost, the protection of life and property. As Chief Poyer mentioned, the fact that the community members heeded the warnings for evacuation early made a huge difference in allowing firefighters to enter those communities and protect their properties. Secondly, one of our goals always is to limit fire growth. There's a strategic plan put together. As you can imagine, with the devastating winds last night and trying to really provide a containment box, if you will, around the fire, it's very challenging. Fortunately, Mother Nature has somewhat cooperated. Even though the wind's blowing, we're able to get fixed-wing aircraft. Our Los Angeles County Fire Department super scoopers out there within the communities as, lar as well as our large air tankers that are dropping retardant out on the fire line again to try to box this fire in and make a difference and put it to an end. And lastly, one thing we always have in mind as we near towards the end where it's a safe uh, at, at one point or another to repopulate. I want our communities to know that repopulation is at the forefront of our minds. And when it is safe to do so, we'll work with our law enforcement partners to make sure that we get folks back to their homes in a timely manner. With that, I thank you. Thank you for getting the message out to those communities that have been impacted by this disastrous fire. With that, I'd like to ask LAPD Commander Jeff Bent come up Excuse me, Jeff Burt, come up and say a few words. Thank you. Good afternoon. I'm Commander Jeff Burt of the Los Angeles Police Department, speaking on behalf of Chief Michael Moore. I wanted to also echo my friend's comments up here, thanking state, local, and county officials uh, for their absolute support from this for, for this uh, for this fire. And also want to echo my thank you for our partners in city and county fire. Department of Transportation, Animal Regulations, and, and uh, Recreation and Parks. Uh, the Los Angeles Police Department in the city of Los Angeles are responsible essentially for safe evacuations, assisting with evacuations, uh, the traffic control of those areas, and then security in the evacuated areas. We've been doing that diligently uh, uh, with uh, input and advice from the Los Angeles Fire Department and our, and our peers up here, um, and I thank them. But I more than anything want to thank the communities. I, I can only imagine that being in a fire zone is terrifying. It's scary for me. And uh, to have somebody knock on your door in the middle of the night and tell you you're being mandatorily evacuated, I completely empathize. And thank you for following our directions, having patience and courage, and working with everyone in the community to make this a safe event. Excuse me. 
Hi, Tim Murakami, Under Sheriff, LA County. Um, on behalf of Sheriff Villanueva, I want to extend my condolences and our condolences to life lost in Cala Mesa and the one life lost associated with this fire. Um, one thing I, I got to tell you with total confidence, we're in a briefing with LA County Fire. I have total confidence in her knowledge and their abilities. Uh, for lack of a better description, this is a full-on war and they have a battle plan. And we're gonna assist them in implementing that battle plan. Like LAPD said, our role is basically to secure the area, evacuations, and traffic control. But one thing I urge people is one thing is that to be ready to go if you have to, have your documents ready, your medications, and be ready to flee if possible. But also do not wait to the last second because what happens is that there's been times where because of the smoke, your car will not start, you'll be trapped. Also, if you choose to disobey the direction to evacuate, it is not a personal decision. You're putting first responders at risk. Even though we admonish you saying we will not rescue you, chances are we're going to. We do not leave people behind. So you elect to stay behind. A firefighter or a police officer or sheriff's gonna come get you. And I don't wanna tell family that I lost a deputy because you stayed behind. So please obey the directions of the, to evacuate if necessary, but, but thank you. And I'd like to introduce uh, Captain Ford from the California Heart Patrol. You're listening to a news conference, the update on the Saddle Ridge Fire, the one that's burning in the North San Fernando Valley near Silmar and out towards Porter Ranch. Valley area. Uh, from the onset of this fire, we've been working very hard with our law enforcement partners and fire service partners uh, to help mitigate uh, this disaster that's been going on since yesterday. I have a very short list of the current uh, freeway closures in the area. Eastbound and westbound I-210 from SR-118 to I-5. I-5 from Calgrove and Santa Clarita to SR-118, and that includes the truck routes. SR-14 from Newhall Avenue to I-5. We're constantly evaluating whether or not we're going to be opening up any sections of the freeway. We, we closed down SR-118 through the Santa Fernando Valley earlier today, and we did open it up a few hours later. Uh, these kinds of things can be very fluid, so be patient with us as we reevaluate uh, the freeway closures constantly, and we will get them open just as soon as we can with our partners from Caltrans and with uh, the fire departments and the other police departments working here on the fire. Thank you. Hi, Sergeant Rudy Perez with the Los Angeles School Police Department. Uh, unfortunately, today, this is the power of unification. We come together and we help each other. Uh, today, about 40 schools were affected, and we had to close 40 schools in the area because of air quality. Number one, uh, importance to the LA schools are uh, the safety and health of our students and staff. Uh, the superintendent was very adamant to make sure that the safety of our staff and students was the number one priority. With that, uh, there was other closures throughout the day. At around 1230 today, all schools in the San Fernando Valley were closed because of poor air quality. Today, we also are canceling any after-school activities and any football games tonight that will affect. Uh, and we'll, we, we will reschedule those uh, to happen. Once again, the concern is the safety and staff of all of our students and community members. Thank you very much.
Thank you to all of our representatives for that information. Uh, we will now open it up for questions. Please keep in mind that they will all be available for one-on-one -on -one interviews at the conclusion of the briefing. Just a clarification, the acreage, as I've seen, reported 7,500 acres. We're also hearing 4,700 acres. Where do we sit on the, on that's Chris and Carla uh, we'll right there. 7,500 acres now. 7, yes. Can you go over again? What areas are being affected by the fire right now? What areas um, so, fortunately, in most of the areas in the Porter Ranch area, from what we're hearing, a lot of the fire activity has died down. We do have numerous crews in that area that are uh, still actively involved in uh, mopping up all the hot spots and, and protecting structures, protecting against flare-ups. We do have some more active flame toward the northern edge of the fire, working into the L.A. County area. But it, it's not threatening any structures at this time up in that area. Um, we're looking at estimated uh, 100,000 people affected by the evacuations. Is there any likelihood that this could move toward the As of our last report, the Aliso Canyon facility was not threatened by any fire. There was some activity around the area, but they have very good clearance and there wasn't, weren't any threats to the structures. Um, we don't have any information right now to clarify. Uh, containment's at 13%. We'd still like them to be very uh, uh, diligent about watching the local media and vigilant about paying attention to all the facts that are going on uh, as where the fire is still burning in that area. We want them to be ready to evacuate if necessary. Uh, if they feel threatened at any point, voluntary evacuations are their call. They, they definitely could leave the area and come back when they feel it's safe, but there are no mandatory evacuations in those areas. Correct. The, the most fire activity is in the northern edge, from what we're hearing from all of our troops on the ground. Is that, is that uh, fuel-driven, train-driven, or is that wind-driven? Uh, the ones on the northern end, it's more of a backing fire because the winds are coming out of the north. So the fire is just slowly creeping towards the north, but it is not being pushed by winds to the northerly direction. Um, we don't have a number other than uh, our original estimate this morning around 25, but that number can change because the damage assessment teams are in the area doing a thorough uh, damage assessment. Uh, we don't have the exact locations right now, but there there was severe impact in the northwest end of the valley. Basically. Any idea on how many uh, We don't have any numbers on that, but uh, quite a few more than lost, of course. Yeah, like thousands. Can I ask what was that? I'm sorry. No, it's under investigation. What competition for people and equipment are you starting to notice as this fire gets longer? And there's more fires I haven't heard of any competition directly for our resources at this time. Any other questions directly for any of our representatives that are on stage? Otherwise, we can move on to one-on-one -on -one interviews. Yeah, I've got one question. Sir? Yeah. Yours first. Excuse me. I, uh, you can address the uh, confusion among some residents as to where to go when the locations of the evacuation centers. Would you like to speak to that? The best way to stay apprised of our mandatory evacuation efforts is, again, we encourage residents to register for Notify LA to get those uh, evacuation alerts specific to their area. Uh, we have tracked on social media uh, via Nextdoor and several other communications, people misrepresenting uh, the evacuation areas. We would encourage the public to please, again, register for Notify LA, text READY to 
Kevin, uh, but also you can follow LAFD.org for uh, additional updates on evacuation efforts. Uh, and uh, I would say that that would be the most efficient way of uh, tracking where the evacuations are, are headed. Yes. Who knows? I mean, we get one prediction, right? We, we get predictions from the weather service. Uh, the majority of the time they're spot on where the winds are expected to increase, right? I mean, we can just feel it here. We get wind gusts. You can feel the back of behind you. Um, I just want to get one message across. It appears there's a lull in activity there, but don't be fooled. There's a lot of open fire line. There's a lot of potential for continued growth of this fire. To answer the question regarding the other side of the 118, Ventura County is still potential or is still a potential threat if the fire gets up and continues to progress in that direction. It's going to be a number of days, uh, as mentioned by Captain Silverman, the fact that uh, there is a lot of tough topography out there. A lot of our fire right now is topography with a little wind behind it, driven, and heavy, heavy vegetation in a number of areas on this fire. So it's not like your light grass fuels. It takes a lot more uh, boots on the ground to be able to work those types of fuels out and make sure the fire uh, is out. Thank you. There are certain areas, as mentioned by Captain Silverman, uh, basically adjacent would be west of the 514 interchange. Uh, uh, it's the uh, Michael Antonovich Open Preserve. Uh, that, uh, I believe, was missed during the 2003 Simi fire, as well as uh, the prior uh, Cessnon fire that burned uh, years ago. So there, there's a number of pockets of old growth vegetation that exist within this current fire's footprint or has the possibility to reach. Oh yeah, they're going to ask Brad Sherman a question. I want to hear what this is. Oh yes, our, our whole neighborhood, the whole area. Oh, I was uh, All right. uh, Congressman Brad the Sherman there saying he's one of us. Uh, we uh, have been <laughs> listening to this latest news conference. The update on the Saddle Ridge fire started last night in Silmar, spread west, jumped the 5, jumped the 210, uh, has jumped the 14 almost now. It's in that, that, uh, that Y that's created where the 5 and the 14 meet there in the New Hall Pass. 7,500 acres is the latest estimate, 13% containment. They did mention that it has died down quite a bit in Porter Ranch and that the most fire activity right now is in the northern edge. As we've talked about along I-5 near the 14, moving towards Santa Clarita, they say that the fire is creeping up there, but it's not being pushed by winds, which is is great. Yeah, the, the original, when I started seeing some of that move up to the north and the west like that, it was moving very fast, but it has stalled out, it looks like, in the last hour and a half or so. And if you know where that Sunshine Canyon landfill is, it's burning on the ridges that sort of surround that landfill. Now, some great news, just even visually looking at this, the helicopters that have been making drops on that edge of the fire there in Newhall and and this other small fire that we were talking about in El Sereno, 
the helicopters have been you can tell they are not fighting the wind like they were earlier this right. morning because they're get they're able to hover directly over where they want to drop this water and then put it exactly where they're going for it now that that's fantastic news i also mentioned to you uh, on the uh, in the commercial or while they were doing their news conference channel 4 showed us a future cast of what they expect the wind speeds to be later this afternoon and that by four o'clock they were saying the wind speeds in Porter Ranch will be down to two miles an hour, that we will see a lot of the winds that we've been seeing the last several hours die down significantly very soon. Excellent news. The number of homes that have been damaged or destroyed is still at 25, but the fire officials there saying that they do have damage assessment teams in the neighborhoods as we speak going through and seeing how widespread it was. But he said in the northwest end of the valley there, uh, severe damage. The CHP is reporting on the current freeway closures as well due to this fire. The 210 is shut down between the 118 and the 5. The 5 freeway is shut down from Calgrove to the 118. And the 14 from Newhall Avenue to the 5 is shut down. When asked what predictions the fire officials have for this afternoon, (laughs) he so eloquently said, who knows? You know, and then he he had a very important point that he made. He says, you know, don't be fooled when you see this fire died down. And we've seen it here before. We've reported on fires that looked like they were dying down. And then all of a sudden a wind event comes in or the the wind changes direction. And all of a sudden you've got another beast on your hands. He said it seems like a lull, but there's still a potential for growth of this fire. So don't be complacent. Don't think that when you see fire that it's it's just going to uh, die down. It could be a, a flare up. Yeah, and, and as the example of that that northern uh, northwestern area of this fire that's burning in the Newhall Pass, it doesn't have to be wind driven. I mean, there are plenty of pockets. They were referring to the pockets that didn't burn in previous fires in two thousand three and two thousand eight. There are areas up there that were uh, spared from those fires several years ago. And those have all kinds of fuel in them. And that, regardless of whether the wind is blowing or not, that could be a problem for those areas that are farther north. There will be a number of days to go in this firefight. As you heard the uh, the fire captain there saying, you're dealing with tough topography. Um, you're dealing with winds. You're dealing with heavy vegetation. And you're going to need more boots on the ground to deal with these types of fuels. Looking for hot spots is going to be labor intensive over the weekend and into next week. Yeah, and I don't think this is going to be uh, overstated that you mentioned it. The uh, L.A. County Assistant Chief mentioned this. We're not out of this by any means. We may see the wind advisories expire at three o'clock, which is what the National Weather Service is saying. And we may see those red flag warnings disappear by six o'clock tomorrow night. Just based on the conditions that we've seen already this weekend, uh, this week leading up into this weekend and going forward for next week, we're not out of this yet. Some of these areas could potentially flare up once again. We still don't know, by the way, how this Saddle Ridge fire started. We know where it started, sort of off the uh, the 210 at Yarnell there, but we don't know how it started. And uh, if this is a human-caused fire for some somebody was vaping, uh, we would probably be able to um, 
uh, predict that it's going to happen again at some point. Well, we knew that we were going to get news like this, unfortunately. But out in Northern California, the news is that there was a man dependent on oxygen died about 12 minutes after PG&E shut down power as that huge effort to prevent fires. It was in El Dorado County. And Pollock Pines, to be exact, you know where that is, came in about 3.30 a.m. on Wednesday. They found a man unresponsive in his 60s, were unable to revive him. The oxygen equipment he relied on did require power. Yeah, uh, and there have been outages as a result of these fires. Uh, There have been outages uh, ahead of these fires where SoCal Edison had said yesterday and into this morning that some areas were going to be shut off because of the winds. Again, most of those winds are expected to die down over the course of the next couple of hours so that tonight, you know, as we get into the evening and nighttime, temperatures are expected to go down. We could hopefully see humidity increase back to where it should be. As of last night, the when I was about midnight, one o'clock when I was watching some of this and they were talking about the relative humidity in those areas of Porter Ranch, Granada Hills. We're down in three, four, five percent in some cases. Let's get Chris and Carlo on briefly uh, to tell us uh, what he gleaned from the press conference. We understand we're at seventy five hundred acres, thirteen percent containment, Chris. And where are firefighters focusing on? Well, we heard that most of the activities on the northern reaches of the fire, which uh, in a way is actually kind of good news, because if you look at the way the wind's blowing, that means the fire is basically working up topography against the wind in a lot of ways. The bad news about that is there's also a lot of open space up there, a lot of fuel. So that's plants that have been growing for a long time and are ready to burn, especially in these single digit relative humidities. So because of that, this is not, uh, I think, a time to just take a deep breath and be like, oh, well, this thing's passed. This thing is not passed yet. And I've seen uh, I've seen fires flare up on day two, day three, uh, and day ten. Thomas Fire comes to mind. So while it looks like there's a lull, I uh, I would not recommend falling into a false sense of security on this one. Uh, they and it didn't sound like it. Although there was some hopeful talk about the weather conditions that that we will see winds die down over the next few hours. Yeah, it's one of those things where. You know, to use a baseball analogy, when you've got a, a pitcher that's out there and throwing, you know, 99 miles an hour in a killer slider, and they're in there through seven innings in the game, and then you bring on your reliever who's only throwing, you know, 96 miles an hour and maybe all fastballs, it's still a really tough combo to deal with. And in this case, it's still a tough combo to deal with. You just lost that slider. So the wind's gone, but uh, the, the humidity's still low, and there's still a lot of stuff to burn. Chris I like the Car- idea, but I but Joe Don't Kelly. T- I knew you were going to bring up Joe Kelly. <laughs> I'm just saying, and, I, <laughs> yeah, that's way out of line, way uncalled for. Listen, Gabe Kapler no longer has a job, so I can't say anything. <laughs> Chris, I know you'll be out there doing great work for uh, KFI. Appreciate it. Anytime, guys. All right, uh, Chris and Carlos there. Andrew Mollenbeck is out there. Monica Ricks has been out there covering some of the evacuation centers. Of course, we're going to have traffic for you because. Getting to and from anywhere, basically, throughout the northern San Fernando Valley is going to be difficult, let alone getting up into the Santa Clarita Valley or parts farther north than that. Um, so you're going to have to listen. You're going to have to. You're going to You're going to want to. I guess you, you're going to have to listen to KFI to get you through the rest of the afternoon. John and Ken show coming up next. We'll see you tomorrow. Stay dry, everybody. Bless. Fires are raging. KFI News is working. Stay safe. Stay informed. 